0: Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's not trying to conquer the universe, he's perfecting it. It's Arturo <laughs> Zurita. Which villain is that, dude? it sounds like every villain's <laughs> from this year. I'm uh, assuming that's, that's- Kang? Uh, that's Guardians, actually.
1: Oh, yeah. Jackson Major's lawyer. I think that's the he said. is. <laughs> I'm coming here. We got. We have a very hefty meal of movies. I feel like out mm-hmm. of all the mid years that we do, this has been a really strong one. It's almost, yeah. like the list just wrote itself. I'm not even drinking coffee for this one. I am starting just with the quesadilla. Like I'm I'm going to all in. I'm. We we have a, a really good amount of selections. And what's crazy is that the month we're recording this and the midway through, like our top three other picks are also coming out. But I got mm-hmm. a group here to talk about these movies with me, so...
0: Yeah, we always like to bring on it. someone special for our best of the year lists. And some corner, in some corners of the universe, Woo. they consider her god. It's Amanda the Jedi. Thanks for blessing us with this appearance thank you so
2: much for having me as always
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, we've called together the guardians of the intercut podcast to assemble our best movies of the year so far list as we do uh, each year around this time and 2023 has been a pretty hefty offering of great movies even at this midway point you know I, I feel like uh, a lot of times, our lists end up being culled throughout the year as we see films at like TIFF and uh, throughout the la- and latter half of the year, it becomes hard to keep these year uh, mid-year movies in our best of the year list. At the end, I wouldn't be surprised if my best Not of 2023 of list in December is going to look a lot like this one, save for maybe a couple other picks. We've yeah. seen so many great movies uh between Sundance and South by and just stuff that's been released earlier than we expected uh you know what what has been your reaction to just like the amazing slate of movies so far art the movies are back yeah they're here
1: it's back. oh look, we're we're in a summer season that we have not felt since you know 21 was the comeback but things were still kind of streaming 22 people are like all right uh top gun right <laughs> that was the movie but now Everything's fighting for that big spot. The Mm -hmm. animated movies are are facing these, what, seventh, sixth installments to these 30-year-old franchises, 20-year-old franchises. It is, yeah, I know a lot of people were saying that it's because uh, the pandemic caused a lot of these movies to be paused for so long. And it feels like we're now getting dumped with all of these. Now we have a writer's strike, so we don't really know what that other pause shift is going to be. So we may not have another 2023 summer until... I don't know, maybe 25, 26, whatever the delay will be. But I think it's firing on all cylinders. The uh, idea of being able to have these movies come out theatrically, but they're still being flipped like within a month or two. Like Amanda did a whole Fast and Furious, check that one out. She did a whole video on that. And Fast X was like just in theaters last month for my yep. birthday. Like, and now it's not a VOD. It's, it's like, I'm not against that per se. I, I'm still kind of interested to see how that affects box office, which I know is a whole other conversation. But the movies are still making money. Like, Fast X is still a like number three movie worldwide, but it's sitting at home now. Does that offend mm-hmm. it? It the most? Huh?
2: And they think it did bad. Like, to them, that was actually a failure because of how much money it cost to make it. Yeah, okay,
1: that's a different conversation right there. But the idea, like, it still made the amount of money it was going to make regardless of the budget. Mm -hmm. That is another conversation about budgets. Have they inflated?
0: Well, you know, we've spent the past couple of years on these Best of the Year videos discussing the split between seeing movies in theaters and, and then seeing them on streaming. Like, especially... Uh, after the during the twenty twenty COVID year, like it was completely a shift to going at home and since then then it's been like a, a slow comeback for theaters. But I feel like twenty twenty three is the first year where I really felt the balance shift in a big way back to theaters. Uh some yes. of this is because we're lucky enough to go to festivals, but I saw eight of my ten picks on a big screen rather than at home. Amanda, do you feel like you felt that call back to the cinema as well?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it was It slowed down a bit, but it's going to pick right back up. And it felt like every week there was, like, something in theaters that was, like, big that maybe needed to be talked about, that needed to be acknowledged. And it just, like, wasn't slowing down and hasn't really slowed down. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think there's a single movie on my list that I didn't see on a big screen. A lot of them were film festival ones, but, like, still, like,
0: She has a massive iPad also, so it's...
1: I do. I'm a big fan.
0: <laughs> I mean that's definitely a big shift. Uh, Art, are you planning on having any more ties on this year's list?
1: <laughs> you know what? Just for saying that, I do have one tie at the end. <laughs> it's, it's a decent tie, and I think you will, you will, you will appreciate this tie. It, it's not a bad tie, especially because it has to do with the intro that you did give us, and that's the last one that I had inkling there. And honestly, it's it's. I mean, spoiling already my first pick, but it is there. Um, dude, I'm gonna pull top that bullshit gun too then. Top gun, thank you. <laughs> Join join Amanda, thank join, you. Join, join. Uh, the more good movies, the better. Um, Top Gun was all Prime, all Dolby, all IMAX for all of last year. This year, they're all fighting for these premium theaters, and I think that's mm-hmm. the big thing. It's not just going out to the big screen, but going out to the biggest screens. There's finally a reason to go see movies in these big formats they're being filmed for that Oppenheimer that's about to come out 70 like I'm gonna be traveling for that uh there's a reason to actually go out and have that communal experience that we've been talking about uh being able to go back to festivals I, I think that 2023 has been a fantastic year for movies movie lovers and movie going just in general so I'm excited
0: yeah, in a little bit, well, we, we will have get way. into those best movies of the year so far. But first, make sure you're subscribed to Intercut, either the video feed on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod or the audio podcast available on most podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We are at IntercutPod. That's at Intercut, P-O-D, which is short for podcast. Also, Intercut Pod on Patreon. You can support the show for as little as $1 a month. And be sure to leave us those juicy 5 stars star reviews mm. on Apple podcast Rappen. if we get to 250 five star reviews on Apple Amanda will attempt the top the Tom Cruise motorcycle cliff jump from Mission Impossible 7 are you ready to get oh, yeah. your evil Knievel on Amanda
2: Always. I've always. just watched 21 hours of Fast and Furious. What, yeah. is, mission- <laughs> what is it that's impossible <laughs> to mean? <laughs> you know?
0: Always it's ready nothing. for some action. Awesome. Okay, let's get into the 10 best movies of the year so far. Arturo, you're excited. I think you want to kick things off. Let us know. Do you have a tie here or you got one pick for the 10th best movie of 2023 uh, you- so far?
1: Do you have any honorable mentions that you want to do at the top? Or are we doing that as a little split between I was going to
0: save it for after number two.
1: All right. Then let me give you two right here. My two-way <laughs> tie is two little action movies. Uh, one that I think delivers in all the best ways possible in John Wick Chapter 4. Oh. But the love and family in Guardians of the Galaxy is something Ooh. that I obviously needed to mention. I'm going to save Guardians because I'm I'm pretty sure it might be. Coming up a little bit later. So let me talk about John Wick Chapter Four. We were at South by Southwest when they said the Baba Yaga had approached and was having a special screening there. But I believe we were having beef somewhere, somewhere in the great state of uh, Texas. Um, so when I finally had the chance to go see this, I made it out to a very specific theater because as we're talking about Dobies and IMAXes, you know, there's a difference between the the, the tall format, the wide format, and depending on what screen you go see and Not to get too nerdy. You, you want that screen to fill everything. You don't want black bars on the sides or at the top or the bottom. So I traveled out. And when I tell you that opening punch in Doby when he's just practicing with the blood splatter, there's a stairway scene in this movie that I absolutely love. I don't think it's the best John Wick movie out of all of them. But in terms of franchises, this is what I'm looking for. Something that fully understands what it is. Something that is elevating the character uh, in the mythical ways that it does. I think it's fantastic. I know this is a movie that kind of ends the franchise or leaves the franchise, I I should say, in uh, kind of like a limbo because there's going to be a series dealing with the hotel. There's also going to be that spinoff with... um,
2: Uh, Ballerina. Yeah. Ana Uh, uh, Thank Mm -hmm.
1: you. Um, And they say that's going to be a prequel. So, look, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the world. But John Wick Chapter 4, I own them digitally. I am ready to get that box set. And I think it is one of the standout action movies of the year. And Guardians, I mean, I think we've all made videos on it. Killed that man did it! <laughs> I'm, did it. I'm, I'm, I'll say bye, Guardian love, for later.
0: Absolutely. But John Wick, Chapter well, 4. Yeah, uh, cool, a cool pick. Probably the best action movie, I'd say, of the year, just in terms of the action that it's delivered. But uh, we are yeah. about to get a whole bunch of awesome action movies on the slate, although maybe not tipping your hat the too point. much, I think you still think that John Wick Chapter 4 might be your favorite action movie you've seen. Wow,
1: yeah, do, do any of you have John Wick Chapter 4 in your list at all? No,
0: I
2: didn't. I did like all it right. a lot, though, but I didn't put it up.
1: Let's talk about honorable. the action movie. Okay, perfect. Then, uh, in terms of just action movies this year, you know, we've had the extractions. We were about to have Mission Impossible, which I had the chance to see. We we're going to be getting uh, a lot of stuff in the second half that are going to be these big sci fi blockbusters. But I think the character driven action movies is where it's really at right, right now. And I think that's why John Wick Chapter 4 excels because all the new characters from Donnie Yen to uh, I know the artist everybody loves. I don't know if you know her name off the top. Uh, she's new to me.
0: Um, oh, Rena Samoyama?
1: Yeah, they've yeah. just been able to deliver and, and expand uh, so that you're connecting to... Like, there are there are chapters in Chapter 4 where you're not even <laughs> seeing John Wick. I'm like, where'd Wick go? Uh, you're yeah. just following a bunch of other people, and I think that's what's made the series so great, and I think that's why it's going to be able to expand. But, yeah, I'd be curious. As of right now, even with the other ones that I've seen, John Wick Chapter 4 would still be my one, as I'm looking at it, action movie on my list. So it is the best action movie of the year so far.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think I've said this before, but the way that Uh, back when they first were casting Daniel Craig as 007, that felt like the franchise really taking something out of like the Bourne Identities playbook because that was like the popular action spy thing at the time I kind of hope that whatever's next for 007, they take a page out of the John Wick book, that feels like it could be a cool template for that type of character going forward, you know being more character centric more character focused, but also delivering kind of like what what feels like very um, visceral and kinetic action choreography? I, I don't know. That seems like the the high bar right now for that genre. Keanu Bond. <laughs> All right, Amanda. What do you have at number ten? What just snuck into your best movies of the year so far?
2: I've been moving things around a lot, um, but I think I'm gonna go with Air. I, think nice. there in there,
1: I, I had think. that in my honorables. The meme man.
2: Okay, yeah, it was either an honorable or... Yeah, so it's kind of right in there. I just like the energy of it. Like, yeah, it's got, like, Nike propaganda vibes and stuff, <laughs> and it ignores a lot of things. But I don't know. It, just, it was just solid vibes. I learned a lot of things I didn't know. Like, I genuinely mm-hmm. had no idea that they designed the shoe around a rookie player that hadn't really Rob. made a name for himself. And then you get that combined... Like Air Jordan wouldn't be what it is if Michael Jordan wasn't Michael Jordan who he was. You 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 see something like that and you assume that, oh, he was already the Michael Jordan that we've known. Like, no. Know. And then to find out it's not that it was really cool. Um, I do think that it was like a choice not to ever have him talk, really, because they mm-hmm. just didn't want to put anybody in the position of having to play Michael Jordan. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the statements of not being able to cast someone to be Michael Jordan. I don't I don't think I agree with that, really, and it was a weird choice, but uh, I, I love Viola Davis in that movie. Um, obviously, Matt Damon did a really great job. Uh, yeah, I just, it's. I, I like movies like that. Like, they, they just mm-hmm. tend to be, they, when they're done well, they're really nice, and you know, this was one of the ones I would consider uh, done well, and the, how it's fluid and, and fun
0: yeah I mean it's got this premise that like maybe if you try to explain it to people it feels a little bit silly but you really do get wrapped up into the like underdog feel of it the you know Nike basketball against the bigger shoe companies world of it (laughs) like yeah you like it is again as you mentioned like a bit of Nike propaganda but it's really satisfying extremely Mm -hmm. well acted with a great cast and just it's fun it feels like if Aaron Sorkin or something were to try and take on this Kind of I was say Moneyball, dude. Yeah, yeah that's. Okay. I was thinking yeah. Moneyball, yeah. like, like it's yeah, kind like of
2: like the it's the Moneyball treatment for for shoe marketing, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah.
1: Do y'all see Spider Verse as Nike propaganda? <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> I don't know. I think said, that's
2: more like the culture. I think you know. For sure. That but he care about a Jordan. Like
1: Someone had said, without not getting too spoilers, that even in the multiverses where everything's bad, Nike's still thriving. <laughs> Nike's still thriving. <laughs> in He's, spider spider He's got a Jordan's. So it's almost like being as honest as it could be, but, no, yeah. I think I think Air uh, would have been an honorable mention for, for me as well, and I, I agree, Viola Davis, and the entire cast, from Chris mm. Tucker to just the banter that the boys have, I, I like how the movie is yeah. almost done talking about Nike on the come-up, but then also how, like, these two schmucks in the 90s, like, how, how are they still here, right? Yeah. They're just two boys from Boston, and they somehow made it, but... Um, yeah, uh, I agree with you as well. They didn't treat him like the goat. They treated him like a god, and he couldn't speak know, in the movie. I know, which was so. a
2: little bit fucking weird. I didn't agree with that. I mean, the man was in Space Jam.
1: The man <laughs> was <laughs> in Space
2: Jam. He was in it, you know? Like, it's fine. Um, Though, it's yeah. to see if Matt Damon goes to prison, but we'll see. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> For all the Bitcoin stuff, the, Bic, the, oh, yes, the yes, have yes, your yes. courage. They're getting su- I don't think he's going to yeah. go to prison, but they're How getting sued, apples? and they deserve it. Sorry, man.
0: He's gonna have um, to make bum, a lot more uh, successful movies in order to pay that <laughs> off, or something. Yeah, Great um, Wall too. Move to Puerto Rico. <laughs> there we <laughs> go. What do, you, oh,
1: move to Puerto Rico.
0: <laughs> what do you got, Zach? Uh, at my number ten, I have a movie that I feel like neither of you was a particularly big fan of, but I, I can't shake it. And you know, if we're just sneaking interesting movies into the list here, I think I got room at number ten for Skidamarink. Uh, oh, just okay. th- the movie, it. the movie that. More than anyone that I can think of, like evoked that feeling of being too scared to go into the basement when you're when you're a little kid. It, it's sure. this just very fascinating experiment of a movie uh, that is not really rewarding. It really kind of forces you to lean in to even have <laughs> any perception what's going on. So I don't have any qualms with people being like, I didn't have the patience for it. I didn't really respond to it, but I, I was just putting. I was picking up uh, what the director was putting down, Kyle Edward Bell. I just think it's a really fascinating uh, way to depict just being scared of something, but being completely unable to identify it. You know, uh, movies a lot of times scare you by showing you something scary, but like it's in the obfuscation of it that this movie really worked on me, so. I, I don't know. I just want to show it a little bit of love because I can't name many films that have worked on this level uh, in a way that I feel like Skin Marink did.
2: I respect the hell out of it, what it uh, yeah. what it is. I just didn't like it at all yeah. personally. And like totally. Yeah, fair. yeah. I deep dove too. I was like, what? What does he go? What's, what's he doing here? So like, I put the care, but it just yeah, and it, it is the most po- one like when people say things are polarizing this mm-hmm. is like the most polarizing movie i can possibly think
1: of yeah totally. between yeah. melatonin the movie and outwater <laughs> i think it's been a really interesting <laughs> year for like alternative not i don't even want to call it alternative horror but this indie horror that's been able to really make it up the ranks mm-hmm. through just word of mouth like this one had leaked I was talking about theories. It leaked I right think before it for, was. Right? Yeah. I, was about, I but, think they did it, almost. and it worked. You know, TikTok blew it up, and that's why I had the intrigue because, like Zach's saying, it's one of those movies where it's just the the feeling of it that creeps you out. When I saw the trailer before Megan, the, tra- the tra- dude, the trailer, eleven out of ten. I have not seen a scarier <laughs> trailer. Then I saw the movie, and I'm like, I'm feeling the vibe. Damn, I snoozed. It was <laughs> the first yeah. movie that I did that for. But I, I respect what his approach to it, and uh, I know that they were traveling, doing double features between that and Outwaters. So if you get the chance to see that one as well, just to you know people's thoughts, both should be out on streaming. Um, that one's on you Shutter, and then the other ones on DVD Screambox. a
2: Blu-ray of Skinamarink right now.
1: Ooh, good for him. <laughs> hey, I, I will say this: um, Who's the guy who did Dashcam host and now got Boogeyman?
0: Oh, shoot, um, Rob Savage is it?
1: Yes. Oh, that sounds I right. want yeah. that treatment for your boy here. I think yeah. he deserves it. I would like to he see does. what he does with the budget. Because this man than... had what? This man had a DV camera, pointed mm-hmm. at the sky, and Legos.
0: And look at yeah. what he did. No, yeah. Exactly. If we were talking about, like, economical that. filmmaking and just, like, making the most of limited uh, assets or whatever you want to call it, like, he knocked it out of the cart. It's it's a, a fantastically creative way to use your limited budget. And I the, the other thing about it is because there is kind of, like, it's so sort of like sparse in what it gives you. I love how much room there's left for people to interpret on top of it. Like I've heard so many different, uh, interpolations of like what it all means and what's actually going on. And I think a movie that can be interpreted that many ways is doing something interesting. So, uh, I I got Skinner Marink at 10. Let's go back to art for his number nine. All right. So I have a four way tie here. It (laughs) begins with, uh, this would be good. making of my best it hard for me to do the graphics, dude. <laughs> uh,
1: Other People's Children is my pick here. This is a movie that we saw, or I, I don't know if you guys were able to catch this at Sundance. eleven still haven't. Um, dude, it's worth it. It's going uh, yeah. be one of the standout performances of the year. Uh, Virginie Efira has two movies out this year, and I believe I still have the link for the second one, which is Revar Puri. I could be saying that wrong, Amanda. You could help me there. Um mm-hmm. I think she had one of the standout performances in Other People's Children. It got kind of like a limited release through Music Box Films. Um, I know it's out on VOD right now. To me, she... I'm looking at another performance here. She is the third best performance so far. Oh, she's the fourth best performance so far <laughs> on my list. This is great year for acting. Uh, I am yeah. rooting for her. I am rooting for this movie. I know for international categories, it can get some love later on in the year. But I do recommend this one. It's a very good uh, character study of a woman who uh, hasn't had her own children, but when she finds another partner, she's kind of like taking care of his, as the title mm-hmm. kind of suggests. And you know, the French movies always do a really good job of just like, but, but what's the premise other than like the title? Oh, that's it. It's one fine morning and you're following this woman, right? <laughs> I, all it anchors on is the performance and I think she does a fantastic job here. Um, so as of right now, it's still in my top five performances midway through the year and I, I would be set calling this the best of 2023 mm-hmm. and there's still, I don't even know how many more movies on the horizon, you know? So yeah. Other People's Children, a nice little French pick out on VOD give it a watch if you're looking for something good.
0: Yeah, this one slipped through the cracks for me, but if you're putting it in your top 10, then I'm absolutely going to have to catch up with it. So, hope you guys like it. Yeah. Amanda, what's your number 9?
2: I think I'm going to go with You Hurt My Feelings.
0: Yeah. I got that yeah. a little later on.
2: Okay, cool. We can we can wait to talk about it, but a uh, really sure. solid comedy, a uh, kind of comedy we just aren't getting a lot of right now, but done like like the best you could you could hope for.
1: Yeah. As a uh, sequel to No Hard Feelings,
0: right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Exactly. It's said uh, 20 years later when they both are in New York together or something. <laughs> we'll talk about You Hurt My Feelings a bit in a little bit. My number nine is a film that I actually haven't seen in a little while. We saw it all oh, together. I didn't um, say it all. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like picking blind for the rest the of The trailer list. was uh, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with uh, When You Finish Saving the World, the Jesse Eisenberg okay. film we saw back at Sundance 2022, was it? Yeah. Um, I, I just thought it was a really like tender-hearted look at like a lot of modern narcissism and the way that these characters sort of have... A, th- their focus on themselves makes it so hard to see outside uh, what's going on. And I don't know, I just yep. think... It's a really interesting way to look at what feels like a very modern kind of condition in a a lot of senses. And it's done through these very great performances from uh, Finn Wolfhard and Julianne Moore. I just feel like uh, the characters are so... Specifically written to what they excel at as performers, like that when Finn is able to lead into that like adolescent awkwardness, and Julianne is able to cringe. lean on her ability to be harsh. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cringe in this movie, but like behind that is just a, a real sweetness. And yeah, I, I it stuck it stuck with me despite being so long since we first caught it. So yeah, I, I liked I liked Jesse's debut a lot. I'm curious to see if he will continue. Work behind the camera as well. What's nice the thing that he
2: always says in that uh, Finn Wolfhard's character?
0: Oh shoot, um, his like little catchphrase. You know, his if I had seen phrase, this movie sometime it... in the last twelve months, yeah. I might be able to tell you.
1: Insert here. But it was yeah, crazy like, because when we not when we cash money, it,
2: but similar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it took a year to come out, and then it dropped yeah. like in the middle of the follow-up Sundance. And a yeah. twenty-four yeah. didn't really have a big release for it because so it didn't weird. have it did not have a really good reception. I know a lot of people were mixed with it. I think I like it for the exact same reason Zach does. There are a lot of movies we're getting recently. Perfect title. When you finish saving the world, when you're mm-hmm. done doing your little thing, yeah, can we actually build a relationship? And I think a lot of movies are too close to home for a lot of people because mm. they are busy doing that online. So when you're the online presence who's supposed to promote the movie, and you're like, ah, this is too close. I, I think you give it a little bit of time, and that's going to be an A24 movie that uh, uh, in due A24, right? That in due time, yeah will yeah. have that platform because of its uh, distributor that people will be able to go revisit and go like, huh, this is a gem. No one, why didn't anyone pay attention to this? So um, I'm curious how, the, how it develops in the future. And I too want to see bro. found the camera. Was that it? I think that
0: was hey, it. Hey,
2: yes, it was. Tara lift. That Mickman, he was too cringe for me. It's
0: too much. <laughs> it too, much. too far. All right, let's circle back to arts number eight.
1: Look.
0: Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Had
1: me taking I the got whole family out to the theater, baby. Yeah. Let's go, dude. Haven't this seen is it a yet. movie. Oh, I, I I hope you dig it. Look, I think there's a, a lot of people, uh, when they, they came into this, maybe had the nostalgia of the book by Judy Bloom, who also has a mm-hmm. profile doc out on Prime. Uh, so they had the nostalgia of reading this book. My mom still has the original copy. I remember reading oh, nice. hers with a specific rip on it. I think people also really connected to the story because you really are kind of dealing with... It's not just Margaret, but it's also her mother, played by uh, Rachel Rachel McAdams. McAdams. And it's a really good tool for not just about being a young girl who's, you know, coming up in the world and has to deal with puberty and religion and, like, what else is in the future for her, but also the mother, who's, like, on the other end of having to deal with religion and mm-hmm. not wanting to impose that to her daughter because she has the ability to either choose to be Christian or choose to be Jewish or just choose to be whatever she wants to be. What was the phrase? They do this whole bit about trying to get the, the chest power um, up between <laughs> must, their group. We must. We must adjust the bust or something like that. Oh, my God. bust. Uh the the Pixar movie from last year from uh, Turning, Turning Red. Red, right? This is mm. it live action, bro. Okay. And I think it delivers mm-hmm. on those emotions uh, just easily. I know some people were detracted because they're like, "Oh, well, I'm not religious." Okay, like there's a lot of movies that are American and a lot of yeah. movies that are international. Like I I think that's just the coding for what the girl is mm-hmm. going through.
0: No, I mean, I'm not religious and I really responded to the fact that it's like this world that's trying to like impose religion on a person who just would rather be a teenager, you know? Exactly.
2: Yeah. See, I have my anecdote there. I didn't know this was a Judy Bloom thing, because I didn't know. We have been getting weird movies here that feel like they're like uh, God's Not Dead adjacent, like they're pure flicks movies. So I see this in my theater and I just see the title and I'm like, they're getting so (laughs) many of these weird fucking movies lately. (laughs) And it wasn't until last weekend or something that I was like, oh, this is like an actual movie. You know, yeah, like, this yeah. isn't this is like real. some weird propaganda thing. <laughs> Pure so flicks. I did. I was. Yeah, I was trying to catch it before before we filmed this. But uh, it's, a, I, hope it's you like I just it. didn't get a chance to fit it in. Yeah. I think I probably will. I like coming yeah. of age stories. I love Rachel McAdams. So really I think. Good. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely that, excited to check it out.
1: Kathy Bates is the grandma. Show stealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, who plays the dad? I want to make sure I get the right brother down. Benny Safdie. Benny. Benny Safdie. Ooh, Like exactly. the moment you see Benny Safdie in the trailer, you're like, what's he doing in a movie? <laughs> oh, because it's going to be a fantastic debut. It comes from Kelly Freeman Craig, who did Edge of Seventeen. Two
0: for see, Yeah, that was when I figured it know. out. Yeah,
2: that was when I figured it out. I was like, oh, this is the same person as Edge of It was like my chat. It was like my, yes. my Twitch mm-hmm. chat was like, have you seen this? And I was like, no, why would I have watched? I thought they were like, can you clown on it? And then I was like, oh no, it's a real movie. Shit, okay. I'll it's give it a, a chance. Flicks. I'll give it a chance. It's a
1: great flick, Amanda. Check ha- I it out. Believe it. I highly I recommend it. it. Yeah. Uh, she is a director to watch for because she really, she's like Bo Burnham. No, she really understands yeah, young, she it. <laughs> young women in America. She does. Uh, and I thought this was a standout. And again, it's not even just from the girl's perspective, it's not from a religious perspective. I thought the way they handled the parenting and Rachel McAdams, mm-hmm. I think she did a really good job. I'm glad yeah. uh, Abby Ryder Forston left the MCU. Thank goodness she wasn't missing <laughs> that quantum me. So Are right. You There God, it's me, Margaret. Adam V O D, definitely worth the watch.
0: Yeah, I love any movie that's about kids or aimed at kids, but that cheats Treats childhood issues with like adult drama uh, seriousness. Like the big, the big devastating thing that happens to her in this movie is that she's not able to go to Florida on vacation. But like, it's that's the end of the
2: world. Yeah, like
0: it's the end of the world because like it's the only, it's the only bit of salvation from her existence at that point. You know, and I don't know. I just think it's so sweet and it's so real and just like. A, a, a real delight. I don't know. I, I I thought it was a really beautifully told movie. So, yeah, Kelly Freeman Craig, anything she's going to make, I'm going to be there day one. I, I also had Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, at my number eight slot. Nice. Uh, Amanda, what did you have at number eight on your list?
2: You know, I think I'm going to go with Blackberry. Mm. I know we were... I don't know if anybody else has that on there yeah, list their I got Higher up, higher. I assumed. It might be, like, honestly, it's one of those ones. That, there's so many of these movies, I'm like... We've been sitting here and I've just been like copying and pasting them around. I feel like oh, I'm only confident in my like top five. Yeah, but, maybe uh, no, you need Black more theory,
0: like a top tiers or something.
2: Yeah, it's either we only need to do five or we need to do more than you know ten. 10. <laughs> it's like a, it's yeah. one of those things. But I've been uh,
0: saying.
2: Yeah.
1: I've been saying.
2: That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, we'll we'll right, talk about it a bit more be later. The top but seventeen.
0: Um, yeah. Top two thousand
1: and twenty-four. Starting, <laughs> <with. laughs> starting with. Starting
2: with. I like BlackBerry a lot because it is technically the story of, like, the creation of BlackBerry, which, like, pushed us into the the smartphone era. But at the same time, it is not remotely accurate. Like, I assumed Buddy was wearing his headband the whole time because the dude wore a headband. Fuck no. Matt Johnson decided he wanted to wear a headband. And I love that for some reason. I <laughs> yeah, like it when a movie well. is just, here's the bullet points that are correct, and then we're going to make a very entertaining movie in between, and we're going to make some people look interesting, um, but also, this guy did really try to buy a bunch of NHL teams. <laughs> so you know, like it's fun. It's From really, Waterloo. it's really well done. Yeah, fucking Waterloo man. Yeah, I just love that. I said they're the best in Canada. Like it's just as a Canadian, I can accept the self done, but still, best. I was just like, <laughs> oh, it's so good. It is definitely oh. worth watching, and it's like mm-hmm. streaming right now on Prime. I'm pretty sure or Apple TV. Stop, Apple TV. Real? I think it's Apple TV. I'm uh, pretty I think sure. We
1: still have a VOD over here. Ooh, yeah I'm but pretty
2: sure it was free on my shit, but what's well, a Canadian Oof.
1: movie? They it's it's yeah. Lucky you guys. Lucky me. You Canadians <laughs> <Yeah>. win today.
2: <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna right, be high so for us.
0: Blackberry, a big win for Canada, number eight on Amanda's list. We'll talk about it more a little bit later. Art, let's go back to your number seven.
1: I apologize. My next two picks are not <laughs> recommended for anybody. Oh shit. <laughs> This next one is a three-hour epic that...
0: I knew you were going to do this. I
1: <laughs> that, look, I, I tried to keep it off the list, and That's I just fine. I could not. This man has made two other movies that have topped my list. When it comes to this one, it's just a matter of time letting you know that as cringy and as terrible as Bo is Afraid can be at times, there is no way that I can keep it off of my top ten list when it hasn't left my mind. I think mm-hmm. Bo Afraid is a film that really gets into the psyche of a child that never really grew up mm-hmm. who has felt uh, how, how do I put this? We, we kind of had the discussion in our A24 bracket as I crinkle all the way uh, <laughs> in our A24 bracket uh, it, about uh, how he had Hereditary how he had Midsommar this idea of the family and the people ar- around you kind of affecting you. Mm-hmm. Spielberg made the Fablemans where he's just like yeah, all the metaphors that I had in E.T. and everything else I'm just going to put it straight forward My my man, they let my man cook really early in his career and I know people hated it, but I think in due time, I respect the hell that he was uh, out of the fact that he was able to do this as his third movie I think Mm -hmm. it's a good thing that some people are going to want him to reel it in but i also think that him being able to go all out and be able to to take the the swings and misses and everything else that he has makes it such a fascinating movie that while it is too long in parts there's so much to dissect i think at least for that first
0: part mm-hmm. when that he's is
2: still great. living in
1: his apartment that's amazing Talk the best hour
0: that. That of his career
2: that is some of insane. the best i was so i was like yes this is so good this is different but the same but it's something new and then they derail it. It's like this whole idea that like there's so many ways you can look at it. Is like, is this world really this crazy? Is that a slightly altered thing, Love or it. is his anxiety so fucking heightened that this Love is it. how he sees the interactions? Mm-hmm. And that's more what it feels like. He is, his mind is creating this false reality for him where everything is like a constant 10 out of 10 or a Beautiful. 15 out of 10 threat, and it's so fucking good. And then he gets fucking hit by something, and we're <laughs> off on a whole ass different trajectory. Where I'm like, okay, I'm still. I'm still in it. And then I'm like, let's see what they do with this. And then they just don't. And then we're somewhere else again.
1: farther and farther away. At no point when the GPS said rerouting, did he ever pay attention and go back on course. And that's crazy. Look, yeah. there uh. there are sections in this movie where you have no idea what's going on. But on rewatches, uh, rewatches I swear it's a puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. I think you can emotionally just give yourself away to this movie and understand, like you were saying, the anxiety and this yeah. world that he's building in his own head. But then at the same time, they leave you clues. I think it's worth the rewatches. I, I think will. that he puts things from the beginning and such that this movie's going to be talked about for a long time. I'm sure yeah. people will make re-edits of it or will, will try to shorten oh, it. sure. But then I start thinking about what can you... You cut out that isn't something that does play a factor later on there's so much in this movie that I love I definitely want to make a movie hell I was I was like almost willing to bring back a to Z just to make a full thing on this on this movie right here I think he's <laughs> one of the greatest directors that we have and if this is the I worst agree. movie that he's made if this is the worst movie. At least it's
2: interesting. It gives you something mm-hmm. to talk about. It gives you so something to engage with. So then, like, as cinema fans, we're
1: perfectly safe.
2: Perfectly safe. <laughs> yeah. No, I can agree with that. But uh, yeah, I don't recommend I, uh, it for anybody. Yeah, I like felt fucking shell shocked when I was done watching that movie, and I feel mm-hmm. like that after all of his movies, this was just in a very different way where I was just kind of like. I'm going to Disney World. I don't I think want to be around there, this. There,
1: I think there's a director that's gonna be on your list, right? That many times they they wonder if this specific director knows his style too much oh, and if he's leaning yeah. and becoming a parody of himself. But mm. anytime that that happens, right, he decides to not make the movie you think this director's gonna make, mm-hmm. he makes his own movie. Yep. And to me, to me that's this guy right here. To me that's 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 fair.
2: Us. I can I can I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's not I'm, making the movie for the uh, audiences.
0: I think Amanda just wanted somebody around to tell him no like maybe some kind of mean mommy figure but if you've seen Bo is afraid he thinks he needs that too. Yeah. Um, I, don't <laughs> <even> know. <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> like <laughs> I know. I know. Holy shit. Like truly, it oh, is just yes. one of those things. I think Lord. it's cuz I saw some interviews and like stuff he said I was like okay, you it, didn't know what? Okay. I, I feel mean, like sometimes interviews per- It is. Oh, it is. I know. I know.
1: It's a comedy. When you I'm have aware. Emma Stone doing Q&As for you. Uh, what's your boy from the rehearsal?
0: Nathan Fielder Nathan doing <laughs> doing the Q and A's for you.
1: That's when you realize, oh, this guy's just so messed up. This is mm-hmm. his anxiety comedy. And to me, when you watch it in that sense, it, it oh, I knew that's what cylinders. it was. I
2: knew going into it. He did an AMA years ago, being like, I really just want to do a comedy, and I was like, I don't think I want to see an Ari Aster comedy because I know what it's gonna be. And I was hereditary right, is you know, funny like <laughs> it It's They're all is fucking funny. funny. <laughs> yeah, hereditary's hilarious, you know.
0: <laughs> I had I had Bo is in my honorable mentions. I don't know if it's it. one of the best movies of the year, but it's certainly a movie uh, of the year. It, it, it uh. is a uh. movie of the year. <laughs> no, uh. I look dude, I, I love a lot about it. I am not putting it in my top ten, but I, I love so uh. much about it and I need to revisit it too.
1: I'll see y'all at the end of the decade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 dude, you <laughs> might
2: be <laughs> right. You might be right. I'll give it I yeah. will give it another go.
0: Alright, Amanda, I think we're at your number oh, seven. Yeah
2: we are i think i'm gonna go with broker that was kind of it, there's Ooh. a couple on this list that i'm really putting okay. in here because i think they're gonna they're sliding under the radar because they technically did big pushes in 2022 but then released mm-hmm. weirdly yes. and then technically count because like this thank didn't, you for people couldn't on. watch thank this so yeah people couldn't catch broker until this year so i'm gonna i'm putting broker um coreyada man's not no, knocks it out of the park just continuously Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's just like before long, we're going to have his next one that I saw at Con Monster coming out. So I just wanted to take a second for broker. We've talked about it a few times before, but I thought this was like a very, uh, you know, it's very coriata It's very in, like an interesting little story about um, um, like there's these places that you can drop off babies if you don't feel like you're able to take care of babies. And then these are brokers who then find the families for. The baby but not necessarily in a nice way in a way that they're like making a profit off of it like they they care Mm -hmm. about what the what's happening to the kid but you just kind of get pulled into this web of this mother trying to make sure that like the best possible thing happens to her child and then you get each of these individual characters and a little glimpses into their personal lives and how they have their own issues um i i was really really moved by it and i think uh if you you know if you like shoplifters if you are a fan of his work in general. Um, yeah, I, I 100% recommend it. It's a really, really beautiful movie.
1: It's not on Hulu for us. I also freaking recommend Ooh. it. Uh, a lot I of my honorable mentions them. are going to be those things that are like kind of stuck in the middle. I have one that came out this year that I went back to check our 2022 list. It was on our 2022 list. So oh, she... <laughs> it's like I had to give an honorable mention. This movie would be in my top three. I uh, It floored me. There is a sequence it's, in, yeah. in uh, The Ferris Wheel.
2: Yes. Oh, my God.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm glad I saw it at home.
2: <laughs> I didn't. I but saw I'm it at a con. It I was, like, up in the balcony like, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> it was damn. a stacked day. I a decision to leave that day,
1: too. So I was just Oof. like, oh, God. Look, yeah. uh, out of those two movies, I prefer mm. Broker. I I'd prefer probably have Broker. to sit
2: and watch them back to back because I do yeah. love them both. But uh Broker's like, one of those ones that's, like, so patient and just mm-hmm. – Delicate that it it sticks with you in little ways it's kind of similar to after yang like you get that feeling mm-hmm. that it just kind of washes over you and then like you Think about it and it just feels yeah. so very lived in it so, seeps yeah. into
0: your bones or something. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, has this really incredible ability to show you like a precarious situation, something that feels like dangerous or it's out of the law, and then just make it like the, the sweetest, most kind hearted thing by the end. And yeah, Broker's no exception to that. It's a really exceptional movie.
1: So good. Monster coming out soon. Same thing. <laughs>
0: that
1: one's rough. That one's rough. Really, that one's rough. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, I'll jump to my number seven, which is Rye Lane. I don't know if anybody else has got that on their list. I'm higher, mine's higher, mine's higher. All right, right. so we'll talk about that a little more in a bit. Uh, Art, what do you have at number
1: six? I apologize again. I said both of these picks were going to be utterly disgusting. And (laughs) it's only because Bo is afraid it's three hours that I think people will be a little bit more okay with this one. But I swear to you, this is actually the one that's out of pocket. Sick of Myself is about the most narcissistic people that you could possibly think of. And when you see the poster and you finally get to that scene in the poster, you realize, yo, there's really people like this out there. And I can guarantee you, if you do give this movie a chance, you're going to think of somebody else. But I want you to know, that the movie's also talking about every single person watching the movie. Uh, I believe the director called this uh, not even a cringe comedy. He called it an obnoxious comedy. He called it an almost comedy. At at first, he thought those were insults from reviewers, and then he kind of just, like, sat with it, and he said... I kind of like this. He's damn near (laughs) a character in this movie. This is the worst person in the world. It's a Mm. couple who's always trying to outdo themselves in any way to be the talk of whatever conversation, and it doesn't matter what they have to do to get there. If someone, if her partner is being, like, celebrated by everyone at the table, well... If she has an allergy, then she's going to make sure that she has some hives breaking out just so that she can get that. We all know people who are willing to just do this little extra thing to get the attention. And he sucks, too.
2: He sucks, too. That's the thing, too. They both suck. They both suck. But the performances
1: are so crazy in this movie. Yeah. uh, Again, this is one of the standout performances for me of the year. um, And I think the script is hilarious. And, again, it's like Zach had mentioned when... uh, Uh, the A24 movie with Eisenberg, it's these types of characters that are so authentic to being narcissists that it turns a lot of people off because you Mm. guys don't want to see narcissists. You want to see, like, a nice narcissist, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, bad people but with enough good qualities that you're enjoying them on screen. Nah, go into it. And Sick of Myself does that very well. I I, loved it. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize it had already come out. Otherwise, it might have made my list because I... Or at least like probably not as high as this but i saw that with a q a and the director said that the actors wanted to they're like i feel like we're too much and he's like that's the fucking point so he Important. like made them he was like you will have to commit there is no reason to do this other than for you being this way and taking it to those heights like you can't we can't be and wishy-washy they, 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 on this or it doesn't work
1: yeah and Oof. they go
2: <laughs> they go uh, it's good
1: it had a limited release. I know it played at uh, some uh, art house theaters. It okay. is on Apple now, but it's getting like so limited. Like It's not on Voodoo. It's not on Google. No. It's only on Prime, mm. only on uh, Apple to purchase. Again, okay. like with Bo's Afraid, once it's on streaming, give it a chance. Because I don't want people yeah. to go to the theater to watch Bo's Afraid. I don't want people to rent this one and then be like, this That's is there. a miserable experience. Yes, I am yeah. pitching you misery. A miserable comedy. Those I like this one a lot more than
2: Bo. <laughs> I will say... For someone as a as a bow kind of hater, a little slight bow hater, sl- a bow questioner, and, uh, I like this one and, a lot.
1: You and uh, what's his name, uh, Blackberry.
2: Yeah, Matt Johnson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he went on a whole range just hating is Afraid.
2: Yeah, he's been saying some of the worst shit in some of the interviews. Or like it, at least I, like I respect that. it. I like that you're just yeah, going off, but I'm just like
0: yeah.
2: in this area we're the same. I, I'm like I respect you. Please go in on, hurry on. He's Brave, he's
0: brave enough to, to have an opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's brave enough to have an opinion the in these days. Under Silver Lake
1: is great. He's wrong about that.
2: Yeah, he's wrong about that one. Yeah, yeah. About that one. But yeah.
0: This is the movie that I had really wished that I, I caught before we made this video. I'm, I'm sick of myself for not having seen Sick of Myself, but uh, thank you for another recommendation. We'll, we'll catch up with it soon. Amanda, what is your number six movie of the year so far?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with another one that I have talked about before, but I feel like it's probably kind of like, I think it's just starting to get released and might sneak under the radar, is Eight Mountains. Um, which uh, was my favorite out of con last year. Um, again, this is it's kind of a slow one. It might not hit for any like everyone, but I just think it's such a beautiful movie at this look uh, between this relationship between two two men who've known each other since they were children uh, you know, you know came together in, under very weird circumstances and then just the directions their lives have gone on. And just, uh, you know, the relationships they have. It's all basically under the perspective of one person. And a lot of it has to do with the relationship with his father, too. Um, I, I was just really moved by this one. This is like one of those ones that I was sitting there watching. And the more I, I was left thinking about it afterwards, the more that I just really fell in love with what it was doing and what it is. Uh, and it's beautiful from the top down, it has some of the nicest shots I've ever seen in my life um, just beautiful landscape work and instead of it just including it for the sake of including it it all really adds to the story plays into the story and fleshes out the, this world that we're you know being being shown and shared so i, I uh it's one i definitely recommend and it is probably gonna s- slip by a lot of radars with all the uh all the heat coming out lately
0: great
1: uh, uh zach yeah. did you catch this one
0: I, this is another one that I need to catch up with but we have our review from Sundance Up and it's one of those videos we get we have where we just keep getting these comments like you guys were right this movie is incredible aww
2: nice <laughs> hell yeah
1: um I need to watch it again because we caught it on an iPad 8 o'clock mm. in the morning <laughs> before we had to go to a screening oh damn but I had to because it was the only time I was going to be able to see it and this director made one of my favorite uh, international broken films circle is, uh, Broken Circle Bake yeah. Bro, it's Breakdown, so good. Yeah. So you know the patience in this movie, I need to see on a much bigger. What's that? Ooh. Oh, it's a novel. It's, based...
2: it's a novel. Like I literally got out of the theater. I saw that it was like based on the novel by, and I was like, How fucking it? added it to my cart. It's good. It's 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 real good. It's got a similar vibe to just kind of the narration that the that the movie has. It's because uh... it's like based on his, sure. his life, so it's like really
1: yeah. Hilarious. I have it as an honorable mention right now, but once I see it in a bigger screen, Amanda was talking about the landscapes, bro. Mm. They live up to the title. There is a walk on mountains. It <laughs> no. should have been seen in the biggest of screens. See, we were talking about all these massive movies, you know, the Mission Impossibles and what's going to be coming up with Open Hyper. Now, Some of these art house movies deserve to be seen on IMAX screens and the like because they're not playing around. All
0: right, so Eight Mountains is Amanda's number six pick. I'm going back to something Amanda picked earlier for my number six, It's You Hurt My Feelings. Caught oh. Back at Sundance, the film written and directed by Nicole Holoff Center. I just find this movie to be so like sweet and interesting and well observed. You mm. know, it, it because because it begins with this I this problem of Julia louis Dreyfus's character overhearing her husband criticizing her novel, and then it uses that as like the starting point to sort of dissect like what even is a problem in a relationship? Is this a problem or do we just need to reset our expectations? And mm-hmm. I don't know, I think there are a lot of movies out there, shows out there that try to replicate what it's like to be in a relationship a romantic one or not like friend friend relationships familiar familial relationships and few of them feel as like true and as like messy but okay in the end as something like this while also being just delightful and full of very funny jokes so i, I i'm i just really respond to something that is as as relatable and as easy to watch and enjoyable as something like You Hurt My Feelings. I agree. This almost made my list.
2: Yeah, I think that it's also just, like, a good one that, like, really anyone can watch. But even if you've been in, like, a long-term relationship, it's like, you know, sometimes you watch movies and you're like, ooh, if you have, like, a little thing wrong with your relationship, you probably should never watch that with the person that you're with. This (laughs) is one of those ones that's kind of safe because it's like, what would you want? Pull the (laughs) band-aid. I agree. I agree to pull the band-aid, but this is just one of those, like, I can show this to my parents and not have to worry about them being, like... That's, good. That's a compliment. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. None of yeah. that ever happens. That's I've never shown them something. Damn. Yeah. I've never had to show them something where I'm where I'd have to worry that it would cause a fight between them. But this is just one of those ones. Like it's about a long-term relationship kind of disagreement and hurt feelings that just happen in any dynamic and relationship. Mm-hmm. But then it deals with it in a nice way that like at the end of the day, is there really a correct answer? Because it's just how someone feels, you know, like, yeah, so yeah. I, uh, I I don't know. I really I really like it. I love all of the kind of different character interactions with this. Um, it's just mm-hmm. one of those, like, really genuinely solid comedies, like I said earlier, that, like, we just don't get much of anymore. Um, and it's done well. Like, it's so easy to just pop out these, like, I don't know. I don't want to call them middle-aged comedies, but, like, comedies <laughs> with, like, middle-aged actors or people that are, like, in marriages. Yeah. I, I feel like people shy away a lot from marriage comedies if it's not, like... Younger on or earlier on or or like old people versus young people. That's a really common thing This is just like these are very real contained issues that everybody is gonna have to deal with to some capacity
0: Right. Or or that the focus in those relationship type of movies tends to be on like when they got together or yes. why they broke apart. And this is yes. just like how they continued to continue to be in a relationship. Yeah, how they continue, yeah.
2: like the, the ebbs and flows of relationships, the ups and downs, but like not in like the overly dramatic way that we get either. Just in like, yeah. this seems like such a trivial thing, but you can see why it could become such a big thing.
0: Um, mm-hmm. so I, yeah. I really, I really I like saw. this one. Yeah. Exactly, and we've one. all told little white lies for the sake of relationship. Of course. <laughs> one.
1: Can you imagine showing your parents that Black Mirror? Uh, what is it? Deadlock <laughs>
0: <laughs> episode,
1: and that's what gets your parents to kind of be like, "Ah, uh. <laughs> that's the one time Amanda sees her parents react to something." <laughs> <laughs> Two. Uh, I like chilled. what Zach and said. It, it. It's it, it's that idea of um, how did you put it? The that everything's okay. Yeah. Even if it's mm-hmm. not. Because it's not going yeah. to be perfect, and it's understanding that. That's why I'd say, like, even if you are going through something, it's better to address it than to just leave it unspoken. And you guys were mentioning in relationships, but even in the movie, a big part of it, and the reason why she wrote it and directed it, was because of her son. And there's that yeah. huge part of the son yes. feeling all this pressure I, yeah. from the parents. And I'm like, wow, that, there's that element to, to it, too. All the cast is great. Michaela Watkins, right? Yes. He plays
0: the sister. Yes. So funny.
2: Yes, so funny.
1: Stewie's in the movie from Succession. <laughs> just Very go, good. yeah. It's also like yeah. really about creativity because you don't just have an, an mm-hmm. author. I, I think he's a, a playwright or or an actor for Broadway, and uh, yeah. Stewie is. Uh, and, and even the husband is also going through like some, you know, the aspect of getting older and him wanting to look different. That I think, uh, I, I think was really good. I think it's another one of those movies where it's hitting too close to home for people, and I know audiences didn't like it as much. Uh, as it rolled out, but I don't know. I know it's not on VOD now. A24 did their their little store rollout, and uh, I'm surprised people didn't feel like, like it. it. I know, but I, I maybe when it comes out on Apple TV, I feel like this is an when Apple
2: people TV can just Plus watch movie. it. Yeah, I'll make yeah. my parents watch it it's, because I think they'll actually like it. Like sometimes I'm like, I just don't know what you people will like, but I can't imagine them not liking this one. So yeah, I mean, uh-huh. it's
0: just so like kind of small in, it, in its scope and it, in its ambition that I wonder if it's maybe not like a go out to the movie theater and be wowed by it movie, but That's if it's fair. the kind of movie that you like discover on streaming or you rent it one day, not suspecting much, and and then just find what is like a really great hidden gem. I can agree also, with that. Also, it's I an adult for comedy. Sure. An yes. adult comedy that respects yeah. adults.
1: Yeah. 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 It, this should have been As in my top 10 I'm going to be completely honest with you. I just want to <laughs> I wanna yeah, put John Wick. Yeah, it's probably, Wick, too, it's, it's, it's probably yeah. too
2: low in mine. It's just like one of those things that so many of these yeah. movies are
1: just But it, it, it deserves when good that comes them all at the end. It deserved to, to have a, a, a three for So uh, three weights high, John Wick four, Guardians, <laughs> and you heard my name. So <laughs> you can include it.
2: I can see the through line. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> family.
1: Yeah, <laughs> family. Yeah, right? Always, always. Right. Throw fast eggs <laughs> I'm not All even right, joking. So, uh, Almost.
2: <laughs> thank
1: you,
0: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> At least Jason Momoa's performance is definitely a top ten performance, right, Art? Oh yeah. Maybe it's John Cena for, for me. Movie.
1: John Cena. John Cena was, was
2: babysitting. Very
0: good. <laughs> All right. So I, my number six. He you heard my this? feelings.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Continue.
0: Saying. No, I like keep trying to do this transition. You keep throwing things in. Sorry. It's all it's all fun, but now I just feel like I'm repeating myself over and over again. Um, Zach's
2: number th- six is
0: is you hurt my feelings. But before we get to Set. the top five, all right, we sorry. would like to thank the Intercutie Plus patrons, those wonderful people who are supporting the show. Uh, Academy level members are Tushar, Cademan, Connor, Josh, May, Ricky, Joe, Janicia, Tyler, and Benji, and of course. Of course, the big thanks goes to producer level patrons, Udenveer. Sam and Wiley. Thanks again for all the support and a reminder that you too can become a member at patreoncom slash intercut where you can sign up for patron benefits like early access to intercut episodes, early access to episode outlines as well, access to private channels on the intercut discord, which you can find a link to in the description below this episode. And you can get an invitation to our monthly Patron Google meetings are what are we going to talk about now that we're more than halfway through the year? Do we have to do more bracket planning on the next patron Google hang? Well, it's gonna to have to be in the middle of July So I say <laughs> we stream during our
1: 70 millimeter second showing of Ooh. Oppenheimer
0: Yeah, let's all go to Oppenheimer at the same time and everyone do goes to Oppenheimer at the yes. same yes. time so We about
1: timing we time yeah. it, and then we just all do a three-hour commentary with the Hangout reboot every hour.
0: <laughs> that sounds fun. Uh, so, yeah, for as little as one buck a month over on Patreon.com slash pod. Yeah, I had, like, a prepared thing, so I was just struggling to get to that transition. Sorry. But uh, You know, the thing about Jason
1: the... Momoa's ad libs
0: is... <laughs> No, no it's not. A, it's not a sorry. Those are all more interesting things than my, me, like, scripting a little bit. Uh, then you thanking I'm just...
2: the patrons? I'm
0: joking. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk more movies. Uh, I think we're back to Arturo at number five. Yes.
1: It is insane that I'm looking at our film festival coverage that we have done, and there are so many documentaries. And I have, I want to say about three or four documentaries that have yet to come out that would top this one. Mm. But it's the one documentary that I have on this list and that everyone can watch from the comfort of their own home on Apple TV+. Plus. Still a Michael J. Fox movie is a film that I thought was going to fit that thing we always talk about. I just mentioned with Judy Blum doc, a profile piece that doesn't want to get too deep. You know, it's 90 minutes. It's just going to be a little bit of fluff re- re-going through the actor's career. Floor to me. To me, this isn't just a film about uh, his career. It's about everything that he's gone through. Uh, when you see, obviously, you can guess it before going into the movie, but the uh, the double meaning to the title still mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how busy he was in his career and then what, what happened mm. l- later on in his life. But the editing is one thing that we have been talking yeah. about galore. It is some of the best just archival uh, remixing and the way that it goes um, uh, it, the way that it makes us to his talking head and mm-hmm. uh, the way he's recapping a lot of his life and just the messaging to it. Uh, I was listening to interviews with the director who had mentioned uh, around South by, I think where it was playing as well, that they did a whole documentary not wanting it to be like a sad piece. And then they asked him, they're like, you know, I just want to ask about, you know, your condition. And he goes, oh yeah, I've been, for yeah, I've been in pain the entire time we've been filming. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you don't show it though. And he goes, no, but I can talk about it if you want. And they're like, well, I don't want you to feel that this is going to be that. And he goes, no, but that's my life. Yeah, what they come up with in this movie, (laughs) um, easily, uh, yeah. No, I mean, it's a documentary. I just mentioned a bunch of other movies that I think are profound. And uh, I was like, maybe this should be a number 10. No, this is solid through and through. And again, Mm -hmm. uh, it had no business being this honest, this raw, Mm. and this emotional. Still, Omega J. Fox movie, possibly the best thing that Apple has out this year, and we consider that the new HBO, so definitely give this one a watch.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, Michael J. Fox is a legendarily charismatic performer. He's just just yes, very uh, enjoyable to watch uh, on big screens, on small screens, so... That alone, I think, would be enough to recommend the documentary, just getting to sort of hang out with him and hear his life story in his words, but then it is really, really elevated, as you mentioned, by the way that Davis Guggenheim chooses to put this together uh, through a mix of his talking heads, some slice of life, verite stuff, but then all the archival footage they use that is able to echo his story in these really fascinating ways and also allows you to revisit his career. You know, they don't have to say like, oh, and then I uh, was on this sitcom and then I got cast in this movie. They show you in ways that are also contextually appropriate, which is so smart, and, you know, you can't do it for many people, but because he has this fascinating career and has these iconic movies and shows to pull from, uh, it works so well for him. I had it in my honorable mentions. It's probably my favorite documentary yeah. that's been released so far this year, so I'll, I'll echo the recommendation of still a Michael J. Fox movie over on Apple TV+. Amanda, you got something for us at number 5?
2: I think we're going to go Rye Lane for number nice. 5. Nice.
0: Let's talk I about it.
2: I'm just continuously so charmed by Rye Lane. I really mm-hmm. I don't know how well it would have done in theaters, but I kind of wish it had gotten more of a theatrical run sure. instead of just going straight to Hulu. Um, it's just it's you know, when you go to Sundance and something that can be considered a rom-com gets like the critics laughing and clapping mm-hmm. and the post clap and just full audience engagement you know you've done something like really special uh, and that's exactly what you get with rye lane this is like one of those things that almost feels insulting to call it a rom-com um, but that's technically what it is it's like a romantic comedy uh, budding between these two people that are just really trying to get their lives in order and their their shit in gear um and then you just get this full world around them that's bustling Mm -hmm. you get these little random little side clips of people in the background it's it's so just genuinely charming and it's hilarious the performances in this are amazing um as they're kind of both working through this day and trying to to deal or ignore some of the the issues that they they're kind of like personally dealing with Uh, i think it's shot beautifully it has this weird like it's not fisheye but it is kind of fisheye effect but the colors are so vibrant, just so yeah. beautiful um, and rich uh, that everything just feels so... Like, I went to London. London doesn't look like that. But it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's so beautiful and nice. Um, just you know, how, the whole how thing how it was is shot. so
0: pleasant and so pleasant yeah, to pleasant. look at. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly
2: it. Like, it's just a full, full-around uh, feel-good, but then also, like, it, it's going deep in areas. Like, it's, yeah. it's, you know, looking into, like, some, like, you know, real human connection, human emotions, human issues, stresses that we've all dealt with to different levels and different degrees. So, yeah, Rylan, my number five, uh, it was just so charming. Charming is really just the way to put it. It's just so damn charming.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I had this at my number seven as well. I really, really love this movie. And I think one thing that it does particularly well uh, is – you see a lot of comedies attempt this, the kind of quick cut, cut to a fantasy sequence, here's yes. a quick flashback, uh, let me like explain a whole thing to you, but the way that Rain Allen Miller depicts these moments, whether it's through changes in lighting, changes in atmosphere, just really creative ways to kind of interpret a scene, mm. it just never really drags, it never really feels too like unnecessary, it all just feels of a piece, and it's just got a constant like flow to it. It's got a rhythm to the movie that you can't help but kind of go along to, bop along to. And uh, a lot of that is through her direction. A lot of that is through the performances from David Johnson and Vivian Opara, who are uh, you can't really buy into romantic comedy if you don't buy into their chemistry. And they have so They're, much uh, fun so much. comedic romantic chemistry here. So it's on Hulu. It's a very easy watch. It's one of the easiest recommendations I have from this year, because I, I can't imagine you being like miserable watching yeah. a movie as sweet and nice and good to look at as this.
1: So good. Y'all made me go out to the theater. We had the link. Mm-hmm. I know you guys got to see the premiere of it for the press. And yeah. then mm-hmm. you're like, no, y'all need to make it out. And I, I, I did. With no car, I made it out. <laughs> <laughs> to, actually, I think we still had the car. You did still point. have the car. Right, <laughs> but, uh, I got to see it at, at uh, w- with a group, and yeah, it, it was it was a really cool experience to catch this one in the theater. Considering mm-hmm. it, they're now the rollout from Focus Features, if I'm not mistaken. Or yeah, Focus Features. Searchlight. Yeah. one of maybe them. Sure. Um, maybe searchlight. I have it in my uh, something right. It, it was a big maybe pickup. Searchlight.
2: It would Hulu. Yeah, it would Searchlight.
1: <clears throat> yeah, you're right. It's yeah, Searchlight. Um, <laughs> I have it in my top fifteen, right underneath. You hurt my feelings, so it was budding there to get to the top. But mm. uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. And the, the cameos, the side characters, Ooh, so all of that fire. So fun fires.
2: Is what I mean? It's so rich. <laughs> the,
1: the way y'all were talking about the uh, the editing and how snappy it is. This is what other movies are missing. We had talked yes. about like the blackening in other movies where it's just like, oh no, no no, you have the script and everything down, but like, don't film this like the older comedies. Do get some different flavor in there and the way that this approaches scenes and like you were saying the way it captures emotions through its colors through Mm -hmm. its like honestly even VFX things that it does in the movie Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes it a standout and calling it a rom-com while I agree with you it's like oh is that a bad thing? No, it's reinventing it it's showing you the best that it could possibly be So
2: reinventing the rom-com we love
0: Shout out Riley Yeah Definitely Uh, Amazing film hope more people get a chance to catch up with it My number five is a movie that was just released in theaters, but I put it onto my top ten immediately. (laughs) That's out on Friday, Art. Uh, Asteroid City, the latest from Wes Anderson. I feel like Wes has kind of different periods that you can divide his career into the first couple films where he's sort of like finding his style and then the middle period where he's sort of like finding his voice. And then from grand Budapest on, it's been these movies that have these really pristine productions that feel almost like picture books in the way that it's all flat and, uh, the way that he moves and the large ensembles he's able to incorporate. And to me, this is the one that works best from that era. Cause it's a movie where he's like completely in control of that thing and applying it to, in in a direct way, um, not only to things that feel new to him in this kind of sci-fi-ish alien uh, visiting Earth uh, plot that goes on in Asteroid City, but also in like the meta layer where he's talking about putting on a production and making a story and writing and directing and acting it and the meaning of it all. And I think the way in which there are melancholic threads that sort of slip through just really resonated with me in a way that it doesn't always in Wes Anderson movies. But The magic of it is that moment when the... Kind of like de- deadpanned, unemotive exterior cracks, and you you get yes. that little shred of emotion from a Jason Schwartzman or somebody like yes. that, and and those movements just really moved me, really really yeah. spoke to me in Asteroid City. So I, I don't not only th- think like he's in a, a complete master of his you know visual perspective. But this script is just one of the best scripts that he's ever written. There's so many lines that have stuck with me, and I, I'm very eager to revisit the movie. I haven't had a chance yet to, but I, I really loved Asteroid City.
2: Same. It's higher up on my list.
0: Okay, cool. So yeah. we'll talk about it a little more later. Let's go back to arts number four. Cartoons.
1: Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is you know, a
0: standout Oval Film. <laughs> we should host mm-hmm. a podcast together. I got across the Spider-Verse at night, my number 4 also.
2: Ooh, let's talk yeah. about. Do you have it, Amanda? I do. It's one up though. It's my
1: 3. Okay. Uh, honestly, honestly. Let's talk about it right now. Honestly sure. yeah, it really could. It. Uh Spider-Man Across we'll move the things Spider-Verse. Around. Yeah, I'll the, I'll, I'll, um, I'll
2: yeah, I'll bump this to my 4th. Yeah. Don't do that. Ew, no, don't. You don't have to do no, that. no, I'm telling don't you my my top 4 or my like my 2 to 4 could go yeah.
1: Uh, I'm going to convince it to be your number one. Spider-Man Across (laughs) the Spider-Verse is uh, just a standard in every possible way in terms of elevating a sequel to what it should be. I've talked about Spider-Man 2 being not just the epitome of a Spider-Man movie for me, but to what a sequel could Mm -hmm. be, to what a uh, superhero story should be. A lot of sequels that we've gotten have elevated you know, the Marvel franchise or what the DCEU could be. This finally feels, because it's in that middle ground of not really being yes. a part of something big, because it's an animation by Sony, who we're always going to a movie going, are, are more emails going to leak? Are you guys going to get your stuff together? It is able to get into this pocket of actually building up, not just in the lore of a franchise, to be able to call out comic fans for what they think should be canon or not, but to actually elevate this new character of Miles Morales, someone who is a Spider-Man, people don't think should be a Spider-Man. Yeah, you know, I've had a line with this that uh, I've remixed of the classic: uh, "With great power comes great responsibilities." But the way that I said it for this one was: "Some people may question your power, but you still have a responsibility to keep mm-hmm. going." Because mm-hmm. for a lot of these stories, no one doubts the fact. Oh yeah, you know you've got the you you're able to do it. You just got to commit. But for a lot of people, it's even that entrance through the door, right? A lot of this movie is him wondering if he should even be in the Spider Society. And then once he's right. there, realizing he's just being used. And I think that speaks to a lot of people. Um, it's, it, I don't, this floored me in a way that I know a lot of people prefer the first one. There's a swagger to the first one there uh, that, that just works really well. But it doesn't one? go as deep as this one does. Um, mm-hmm. I know that there's been arguments about the ending, which I find funny because those same people will complain about Fast X, Dead Reckoning Part 1, and all the other Part ones were getting. And that's where I do worry, where it's like, hey, I know this is good, but don't get lost in the sauce. Just because something's really good doesn't mean that it shouldn't have a complete ending. Yep. And I'll tell you, the moment that the reports, some sad reports came out, which yep. obviously were going to come out with how crazy yep. this movie looks about how mm-hmm. people were being overworked. Yeah, they, those got deaded in the water. I told you, I said... It's the only negative gripe that I have in the movie. It's the ending. Same. It's how mm-hmm. much they rushed it. Sadly, we know the next one ain't coming out next year. It's It's just not possible.
2: It's not. But this There's one no way.
1: deserves to have just room for it to sit. Yes. This is a movie that completely leaked, and it still had people going to the theaters, unlike The Flash, to try to copyright images that weren't even there. Did masked. it leak? Like, leak in terms of, like, you people showing up with like cams and recording these oh. movies in super high quality. Oh yeah, what like I'm saying like Yeah, yeah, even yeah. the directors were sharing Easter eggs. People were finding. They with were, like the right. still. And I think that's there. the
2: right attitude. I think that's the right attitude. If you can get in on it and get people excited enough that they don't want to watch the shitty cam, yeah. they want to go to the theater. Boom. Play into it. Because the
0: movie's that good. The movie's that this good, Kinema and they Ring. know it's that also, good. Yeah,
2: yeah. and they, that's the thing. They know it's that good. Yeah, so it is. they you know and they'll they'll get it out there and it really is that good because I, I just really love the there's so many layers you can look at it from there is the whole like Miles Morales in terms of how the general public addressed a black Spider-Man or like it's fine but he's not Peter Parker all of this stuff and you kind of get that in the movie but then you also get it literally com- commenting on these you know. The canon events, which I thought was really good, both from the, mm-hmm. the meta perspective of all of these movies feeling like they have to do the same things over and over again, and that they're just destined. <laughs> yes! And then the, you know, inner workings of it and how they could apply that to a really unique story to make it be like, okay, but within this universe, there's also those canon events, and what does that mean for these characters? And can you buck against it? Is there a reason for it, or are are we doing something to play into this idea of a canon yep. event? Um, mm-hmm. And is you know, and there's just so many layers that you can look at it from. But then it still just works like a movie. Like sometimes movies get so lost in their own metaphors. I think Bo might have that problem in an area. Like a lot of people, and it's Nothing and I respect <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I respect what it's doing, but. It just doesn't, the for the average viewer, It does, and I know it's not everything has to apply to the average viewer. I just think that yeah. so, something like Spider-Man is so amazing because of how wide it will yeah. reach, how much people will resonate with it. Exactly. Will resonate with it. And that it can, it does have those layers that you can peel back and, and just how deep it cuts on, like, so many different levels from, like, family, both from Peter and Gwen. Mm. Just, I can you can't say enough good things about this movie again until yeah. you get to the horrible working conditions but like <laughs> as a movie you yeah. can't say enough positive things about it and the only thing yeah. that kind of stops it short from being what I would consider to be a 100% masterpiece is we don't know how this is going to turn out at the end I do totally. think that there is yeah. a little bit more resolution in this movie than some people want to admit either things that played out or because you know maybe they didn't quite like Miles still t- even you know, but you know oh, but that's a spoiler. You might want to cut that. You want to cut that, but that's what I mean. So we didn't, but he kind of did. So we just don't know how it's gonna play out. Might yeah. want to cut that.
0: But I'll, I'll put a little beep or something.
2: A little beep. It's like you know, there's things that get resolved, even <laughs> if they don't nec- beep. <laughs> yeah, they, they there's things that get resolved, even if they don't technically get resolved. And yeah. you can there's a, there was a lot of really good work uh, put into that. Yeah. And I think that like Gwen having a story arc is still a character in the Best movie example. having a complete story it's arc. Not it's Not just miles. It's not just miles' story. You know. Yep. Um,
1: we,
0: that's we and They tell you that from our, the beginning.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> we did. We, we spent did. an hour gushing about Spider Verse already, and there's we clearly yes. want to keep doing it because it is yeah. that good and that deserving of our love. And you know, we, yeah. we all have sort of alluded to uh, the the working conditions, and this isn't meant to say to, to like absolve anybody of, of wrongdoing, but like you look at a movie as beautiful and uh, as. Across the Spider's verse was, and it looks like a movie that was labored over. It looks yeah. like a movie that the the details were all paid attention to, and it, it resulted in a really yeah. amazing movie. And you know, again, it's not to like excuse or, or talk away no. any of the bad things that might have happened in production of the movie. It's just to recognize what an amazing achievement that the people who did work on it uh, were able to make. Uh, yeah, so I, like, I'm, I'm just,
2: sorry, I, y'all suffered, but you did, you did stuff it was actually it wasn't like one of the situations where you suffered for something that everybody fucking hates and I know that doesn't actually make it any better
1: yeah but like you know, the sheen factory was making better quality, quality.
2: <laughs> no I know that's a horrible thing to say but I just know in times in my life when I've worked really hard on something and felt like I wasn't necessarily being properly compensated or like appreciated for, for sure. it is if mm-hmm. the final well, product was loved I felt better yeah. about it in the end it, sucks and it shouldn't be that way
1: but yeah, yeah, and this isn't a conversation about like the work because obviously that could be its own other oh topic. Oh so yeah. I'm curious to see how that comes out because compensation hasn't been the argument; it's been the like it's the overworking, yeah. yeah, the hours working, which for sure and the changing like, things
2: and the yeah. being constantly asked and being like, actually, can we try it like this? Actually, can we and try I, it like this? I
1: think they got to leave because I think the people who came out with the story were like, yeah, we did. It was like. Yeah, so you weren't there for the final product, but mm. I'm very curious to see what's going to come out of it because a lot of people have discussed we don't have anything worked out for the next one. So putting oh, yeah. them under even more of a boiler plate is going to be whatever. But yeah. y'all remember Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Yeah. Do you remember I do. the plot of that movie?
0: Or <laughs> yeah, do you I just do. remember
1: the cameos? I remember the plot. Just John
0: Krasinski's I, string cheese? I,
1: I remember the plot because of. Yeah, but this, yeah. We're the craziest. Like what MCU and DC yeah. and everyone just relies yeah. on the cameos, bro. I, I don't want to say I don't care. I don't care. It is such a secondary thing yeah. to me because and they know the that. movie is so profound. I and mean, yeah. they know that. set dressing.
2: They're just for like, the movie. well, it makes sense for them to be here because we're in a Spider Verse, so we can put them in and it's fine, but they don't.
1: No, but it's like the, huge. The
2: plot is not hinged on them, though. Yeah.
1: And they know that, and that's what I I mean, treat it with
2: respect, treat it with the knowledge that I'm like, it doesn't matter that this person is here, we're just doing it because it makes sense for them to be here, whereas all these other movies, it's like, no, it hinges on the plot to some degree, or it hinges on your, like, there's no fucking reason to have Christopher Reeves in The Flash, like, there's no, (laughs) no 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 reason. That
1: one's not getting bleeped, people need to be warned. (laughs) Look, Dude, this is, this is the best franchise movie. It's yeah. the best it's franchise the movie, best. Uh, and it I think it's the, the best.
2: I do think it's the best Spider-Man sequel. I know everybody
1: loves Spider-Man I too. Ending. I need an ending.
2: We, it's true. We do need an ending. That's but the fair. fact. They
1: got that close is ridiculous to me because I never thought I'd see the day, and it it, it tied it. Well, it I'm tied yeah. it.
2: Always a with fan no of ending. part 1's. That scares me. I know, but that's what I mean. I've, I'm more of a fan of part ones. Always, but they, they can, can delay, delay
0: part three another five years if they have to, if they're going to come back bro. with something as good as this. I,
2: yeah, I, I'll take the time for the quality, yeah, and for absolutely. people yeah. being treated better, and for people being treated True. better.
0: Exactly. True. Doom Part right, Two. So, okay. You got a lot more. to live up to. Yeah,
2: you got a lot to live up to.
0: <laughs> Spider-Verse is arts number four my number four I think Amanda's number three yeah so Amanda what's your three. number four?
2: Oh, we go in with the uh, you know another you know non-traditional rom-com sanctuary we got Let's Margaret go. Qualley we got Christopher Abbott in this just fucked up hotel room scenario it's Bell starting me. to it's, it's still doing the theatrical rollout you can watch it on VOD right now if you're in the states uh, and if you're crafty in other ways, you can get to it. But it, uh, I love this movie. I think it hits a couple areas where there, it's maybe like a little bit too awkward, a little bit too weird. But I kind of describe it as like so much of what my channel covers of these weird, cringy, BDSM, mm-hmm. sex random shit like Fifty Shades. But it does it right. It does it the way that it should be done. Um, so... Just the general premise to get you in. It's like it's this guy who's about to take over uh, the chain of hotels that his recently deceased father owns, and he feels like he needs to cut ties with his regular dominatrix appointments because he just yeah, he yeah. has to be the respectable man that his father was. And I'm like, man, CEOs are doing the weirdest shit. Like you you'll be yeah. fine. But it's he just a very feels a relatable the need. situation. Yeah, of course. He just feels <laughs> the need he just thinks he needs to enter this next stage and she's like not ready for that to happen and it turns into this like battle of wills for her thinking that she's owed something because she's the one who's helped get him to this confident position Mm -hmm. and it's just this full night back and forth where they are just like mentally going at each other and she always has the upper hand even when he kind of gets it back but it's just the performance in this is Performances in this are really good. Uh, we love Christopher Abbott here. He's our yes. kind of our, our uh, film festival darling. Um, I really like Margaret Qualley as well as when she's given yeah. a chance to One do something good. One of the performances of the year. I yeah, her performance. It's I really like it. Um, and in the you know, Cohen Brothers' upcoming movie. Yeah,
0: I yeah, know, right? She's, she's in
2: that. Good for her, you know. Just but collecting directors. She's collect- yeah. yeah. I thought she did a really good job in this. Christopher is great as always. Um, I was just. Really delighted by this one. I think I saw this before Pearl, and like Pearl was just mm. so not good to me that I was like, oh, "This is the one. Wow. This is the one." You know? Yeah I know. yeah, I know. Yeah. I followed wow. up the. I followed up one horny weirdo with another horny weirdo, and I just Damn. I went this way. You know, which way, Western Man? This is my way. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I really like it, and I love the ending. And it's breezy. This movie's like 80 something yeah. minutes long. It's like too short almost, but like. They don't overstay their welcome. They use the one location super well. Um, yeah, easy recommend for me. Sanctuary, one of my favorites of the year and could potentially be higher on a different day.
0: Definitely. Uh, this one flirted with my top 10, but I knew you had us covered yeah. on Sanctuary. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a really fun kind of like sexual cat and mouse game. I don't yes. know what we want to call it, but also yeah. just when we talk about like like bottle movies, this is just such mm. a great- brave... I was about to ask you.
2: And it's a yeah. perfect bottle movie. Yeah.
0: I
1: was about to ask you, do y'all consider this a bottle movie? Absolutely. Because I saw this discussion happen.
0: That well, people were, think yeah. that going out
1: into the hallway changes that. <sighs>
0: it's, I, I, it's still disagree see, so I disagree so much. Yeah. I disagree. It's thank still you. basically the same location. Like, if you could recreate it on, like, a theatrical stage, which you could totally oh, do a hallway. You. And you can. Like, I feel like you could call Pre, it a One hundred
1: percent. Oh, we should start a podcast. Yeah, I we did not agree with that article that came out. I thought it was pretty pretty. Yeah, that's it's
2: just... That's just this is the point. being, yeah, that's just being nitpicky for the it's sake pedantic. of having a take. Yeah. And pedantic, that's the word I'm looking uh, for. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. cool. I, I, this one is a bottle filled yeah. for me as well. All
0: right, Let's go back to Arturo to start off the top three movies of 2023 so far. Where you got gun score? Which one? Where
1: do you have gun score? Do I even know about that one? New York City
0: the score. Oh, Gun Score! That's my favorite score of the year.
1: You ain't got this movie on here?
0: I don't. It's an honorable mentions for me.
1: From Sundance had to make this list. There's only one issue with this movie, and it's that the surrounding cast for Tiana Taylor are just not at the same level as (sighs) her. Not on her level. Specifically One one Boy. 1001 I thought was a sprawling, I don't even to call it an epic, I guess, but but it's it just goes from 1990s Uh, New York all the way to the presence of a mother who kind of like Broker that was mentioned a little bit earlier is an unconventional family where it's People who are looking out for each other um, And making sure that they're there for each other regardless of you know uh, Having a partner that is away for a while or a mother who's doing anything that she can to survive Uh, a kid Who's trying to make it up in the ranks as well to me? Uh, the cinematography in this is beautiful. I think it's the directorial debut, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure Um, it was, yeah. Yeah, but just the way that they caught this was fantastic. I was seeing the the behind-the-scenes because she has this iconic run that you see in the trailer, and then it turns out that that was all shot in one city block because obviously everything had already been kind of upgraded. Yeah. And she just was just running down the same block, but they make her look like she's doing a Tom Cruise sprint. Yep. She is my favorite performance of the year so far. I see that. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, the dude who plays Lucky also did a really great job. We were talking about gun score in this, the costume design in this, oh, so the yeah. production design, th- hair design. design. Of this. Oh, Ooh, it is fantastic. Everything. This is a it New feels York 90. movie through and through. Yeah, it feels like New um, York
2: nineties. And I wasn't around New York in the nineties, but I was around in the nineties. And it, like, it's hard to. <laughs> a lot of movies try yeah. to capture the nineties and they don't no, like this. This, this did this, it too well. It's Too also well. just like
0: well. the, the way that it's able to transport you. It almost feels like watching, you know, like an old England yes. period piece or yes. something. And it's, it's so weird to feel that transported by something that it's so recent, such recent history. Yeah, it uh, feels and maybe like it was that's made on me for in the not 90s. realizing Bro. how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it.
2: But it feels was, like yeah, it was made no, in the nineties. It feels like you're watching, you not in a bad way. It feels like you're watching a movie that came out in like ninety four or something. Yeah,
1: you know? when, when the boy was walking with the, the Echo jeans.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: I was like, "How do you get that down?" Uh, there was one part in the movie um, that even got me. Uh, it had to do with a landlord, and it, I, I got so swept up in it. I was like, "Oh, look, a nice person!" And Zach looks at me. and goes, "Art." Right, no, oh, I know. No all of that.
2: us were like, "We know what's going to happen here. We <laughs> know what's going like, to happen no. here."
1: <laughs> I was so invested into this movie. Mm-hmm. This is this is they a, pulled that well a, though. Top movie yeah. mother. This is a yes. Mother's Day movie. This is a stand out to me. A thousand and one. Please watch it. It is out on VOD, yeah, but I think is on. Zach just had it as a uh, what to watch. I Think it's on Peacock. Um, I I don't know who picked it up. I thought it was a Prime movie for the longest time, but yeah, it's on uh, I know it's Peacock. streaming. Yeah, Peacock. So nice. uh, yeah. Also, uh,
2: Tayana would... Taylor got like a Nike release this year, and uh, they're pretty. They're pretty nice shoes. So like, she's uh, having she's a year. A... You know she whether you're ready to hear about best. it yet, but she's. Ooh. She's having a year, yeah.
1: She's having like, a moment. Shout she's having a moment. That's a generational yeah. talent right there. Yeah. In, yeah. in yeah, so
0: It's surely going to be one of those performances that people talk about when it's like, why isn't this person getting an awards love or yeah. making their lists of like biggest no, 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 Oscar no. She snubs? She needs to.
1: She needs to. I, I'm starting it here. Well, we started it at Sundance, yeah. but
0: we're continuing yeah. Look, in, it here. In the best version of a reality, that'll happen. I'm just not sure that that's the uh, multiverse we've jumped into. Tragically. Uh, Absolutely not. All right, so Amanda had Spider-Verse at her number three. And I doubled uh, mo- up
2: there with Guardians of the Galaxy, which would have been oh. further down my list, but just... Well, let's, let's talk it, about
0: Guardians, then. We'll
2: give it a little nod. We'll give it the nod. Um, I, you know, I, I think that there might have been a world where we would have seen a very different but kind of similar story in Guardians 3. Had Gunn been able to do it when he anticipated, when he planned, and under his... Uh, claim, so I think this did end up being a lot more of a goodbye and send-off than we might have originally got, mm-hmm. but he nailed it, you know? The man stuck the landing, the man stuck to his guns, I didn't even, you know, as I was saying <laughs> it, but, like, you know, he, it's his genuine love for the characters that made him come back after this, you know, company just royally fucked him over on, like, a flash decision, um, mm. and... You know, he's got that enough pull that like the, their direct competitors are like, yeah, you can go direct another movie for them as long as you come back to us. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and and Disney was willing to be like, yeah, please come direct this movie for us. And it's that it's like the love of the characters. And you feel that love in every moment of this movie. Uh, you get the completed rocket story. You do get a huge follow through and, and completion with Star-Lord. And there's just not a damn character in this movie that doesn't kind of get their moment to shine or grow. Uh, I think it was handled uh, beautifully. It has really great Mm -hmm. action scenes as well. A villain that actually feels uh, menacing and uh, you know, kind of like another one's like, I can understand why you're doing what you're doing and I still hate you, which is always good. I feel like villains tend to lack a lot, uh, especially in the Guardians movies, honestly, but I never care about that because the main characters are always just so good and compelling and I'm always going to care about them most. So uh, I'm glad we got James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because nothing else would have... Mattered, honestly.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, there are so many interesting directors that do get the invitation to play in the superhero world that, like, Mm. sometimes you forget what it's like when you actually get somebody who knows how to use use all the tools that he's being given. And, And James Gunn is just one of the few people who has made that jump from smaller films to bigger films, but doesn't feel like he's been like hampered really in any way at all. In fact, like rather than bend to the will of a Marvel or a DCEU, he will bend those universes towards his interests and to the types of movies he likes to make. And there's some like gnarly stuff that will remind you of the movies he made early in his career in guardians three, but he's, he doesn't just sort of like, do it on a whim he's like really integrating it into what these movies can be and uh, I, I don't respond to a lot of these films but I thought Guardians 3 was one of the best superhero movies we've had in a long long time yeah, so,
2: absolutely. Uh,
0: I had that in my honorable mentions I, I'm glad that you uh, put it this high up on your list too
1: it's a good one All
0: right. uh, are you at Guardians at number 10 you want to talk about it a little bit you were saving it. Was it was my one
1: tie Like yeah. literally with for John that Wick reason. yeah it was my one tie because I needed it to be in the top ten because I was like, nah, he did the work. He came he in. Did the work. Every single character. Like, I think Groot may have had the tiniest, but then you remember that yeah. one Groot line, and you're like, okay, yeah, I got to give it to him.' Yeah, her. he brought palms, us in with them. Ugh. Yeah, Palms line uh, as Mantis. Uh, there's a goodbye involving her. Yeah. Uh, like well, I we She's had like, remember number six, bro? Like, yeah, why, I why did that? Why did that one hit the hardest? Uh, yeah. What they do with Drax at the end? Ooh, yeah, that was great. That was great. All the great. way, bro. All the way. Oh, and and Nebula, just just the rise mm-hmm. of Nebula where she was I am a Nebula
2: hater. So I'm like, man, they brought me around. Hater.
1: I yeah. yeah. I
2: hated her. I hated her. I was like, this is a ter- everybody's all like Star Lord is it's Star Lord's fault that that Thanos. I'm like, no, no, no. It's Nebula's fault for not shutting the fuck up. <laughs> Nebula <laughs> being like no, he killed her. That's why Star Lord snapped. If she had just shut the fuck up for thirty seconds, but then as like, I get it, her sister died. But like,
1: still, yeah. I was he like, He shouldn't have thrown a tantrum."
2: No, we know he's gonna throw a tantrum because he always throws a tan- right
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you like her now though. Now, that I'm, she's good like now. I'm good with her now. I'm good with her. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I nice. just, I
2: did not like her at all, but now I'm good. I, now we're good.
1: I'm curious to see what they're gonna do in the future, but I'm also hesitant because it's like, just let it be.
2: Let it be. We got a yeah. nice little kind of post credit scene with like Rocket and the New Gang, but I'm like, I don't uh-huh. need to see a movie with Rocket and the New Gang. As much as I love Rocket, like I'm good. Let them yeah, let yeah. the sleeping dogs let lie. Go. I get, we're gonna get Legendary yeah, Star Lord. That. That's fine. Let the characters kinda of bop in if they need to, but like I don't mm-hmm. need the team is done. I yeah. don't need to yeah. see him anymore. And then in a and good so way. So
1: is the MCU No it's gonna keep going better. The one other but question that be. I had as I asked you all about the bottle rocket, another article. Are we slow on content, bro? <laughs> Someone <laughs> talking about the needle drops this year and placing Guardians placing I can't it was like three other movies you could tell it was bait they've made a montage of movies that had the best needle drops and went are the needle drops becoming too much so I ask y'all do you feel that this movie had bad needle drops
2: no even if this wasn't one of my favorite soundtracks for Guardians um, yeah. he always knows when and right? how to needle drop and usually makes it feel authentic, genuine, or has it make sense because somebody's actually fucking listening to the music. So I think, and it's it's so, he stands out so much in a good way that I notice when they're bad. So like the Mario movie mm-hmm. had like bad needle drops a lot of the time. And yes. there's just some, there's so many other movies that just have bad needle drops because they just want to put songs there. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 2, maybe it is, isn't. no, it's Amazing Spider-Man 1 had really bad needle drops because Sony was all like, we need to promote some of our fucking music, so we're going to do a little scene of him skateboarding and learning his powers, and we're going to needle drop. It feels weird. It feels awkward. James Gunn is not that director. James Gunn knows how to use music to the advantage of the story, to... Mm you know in a scenario that it matters and he has it baked in music is a very important part to guardians of the galaxy to those characters Agreed. first through peter then passing into to rocket and becoming something that's really important to him too so you can't say that something like that has too many needle drops if it's not needle exactly. dropping every five seconds it's not it's using it when it needs to use it how it needs to use it effectively yeah effectively Agreed.
0: As a weirdo Radiohead fan, I, d- I wasn't in love with opening on "Creep," but he really got me with "Florence uh, and the Machine" at the end. "Dog so, Days," yeah. like, uh, I of "Creep" kinda at hard. the
2: beginning. I like that I, it was just I'm kind of like these there. guys are fan. fucked. Like, I loved the gist. <laughs> these guys are fucked. We got he's listening to "Creep" by Radiohead acoustic version. Fucking Star Lord's <laughs> drunk. Like,
1: they're you know that Patrick O'Neill clip. You yeah. <laughs> know the radio talking about I <laughs> oh, guys listen to Creep. <laughs> Did, you know the Florence yeah. and the Machine part that yeah. got me? Was oh. realizing when the song came out and that it would be considered a classic, classic. alternative <laughs> song.
2: In my mind, it's that like, too. oh, he's finally putting in some modern bangers. <laughs> right? And then I realized And it's just not. like early
1: 2000s. Oh, that would hurt, but uh, yeah. yeah. era. i no, hey, hey. I, I'm glad y'all agree, because I think when they do it correctly, uh, you know, it, Guardians it 1 yeah. gets shout-out, Guardians 2 gets it. Why would we think that he dropped it for three?
2: Yeah, so. he didn't. He did not.
0: All right, yeah. we'll get to my number three in just a second, but I have a feeling that we're starting to get into some overlap of our favorite movies. So I want to save a spot to talk about our honorable mentions. I don't know if y'all had any others that you want to uh, give a quick shout-out to. I'll just give some love to a few movies that you haven't mentioned because luckily you've covered stuff like Guardians and Sanctuary and uh, other films that I I aired that I knew uh, somebody would talk about. But I wanted to also shout out Alice Darling uh, mm. with Anna Kendrick, which we saw at TIFF last year, Amanda and I. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was like, an extremely effective uh, look at this like, sort of like, toxic, uh, emotionally abusive relationship. Yes. The climax, particularly like, one of the best endings uh, to a that film shot. I've seen in some <laughs> time. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, framing on that shot. Yes. Oof. Incredible. Uh, sick, over on Peacock Oof, now. I uh You had an honorable mention for that That was too?
2: almost my ten. That was almost my ten.
0: I really enjoyed it. I think it's just a very cool, visceral horror movie. The action, the chasing, like, really, really worked for me. And I know not everybody responded to the, like, uh, modern twists that that movie had. But I thought it was clever. So I'll I'll shout out sick again. I
2: I agree. I, I like a good slasher movie. I think this was one of the ones that's, like, really effective that it actually manages, like, to keep the tension up. And you can, you don't often find yourself like it's not the full like questioning why is somebody doing this like everything kind of has a logical reason why something's going on the way that it's going on so i thought it was uh really effective and as someone who's like really i won't spoil what it is but like shied away from certain content dealing with a certain thing i feel like this does handle it quite well in like the horror setting so yeah i i uh i liked it a lot i almost mentioned it just because i don't have any other horror movies on my thing but (laughs) uh yeah I, i i've had a really good time with sick
0: yeah. I'll give a shout out to a, a different kind of horror movie. Infinity Pool has kind of stuck hey. with me since Sundance. Yes. I, I don't know. Like, there's there certainly aspects of the movie that frustrated me, but just yeah. some of the like twisted vision that Cronenberg's putting far, forward there. I don't know. I, I really, I really. St- I dig with the thing that it's trying to say about elites, and also the performances, particularly Mia Goth. They're just scenes that are obviously burned in my brain. So I wanted to at least mention. I like them Infinity it's, on it's on yeah, Hulu. It's on Hulu as well. So you are
1: know,
0: I I
2: in Canada, I think.
0: And my last honorable mention, I'll give some love to The Artifice Girl, which we caught oh. in South by Southwest. Yeah. A really interesting, talky film that is kind of in three different parts that feel like they could, you know, be. Uh, received just as well on on stage but you know i think it's a film that asks really interesting questions about artificial artificial intelligence at a time where we're all asking questions about artificial intelligence so it'll be interesting to see how this movie ages but there's certainly aspects of it that feel uh, prophetic to me so let me go back to arturo do you have any art- honorable mentions of your own
1: Yes, I have a lot that are already out, but we got to mention two that I want both of you to split. I want Amanda to mention the horror that's about to be out, and okay. I want Zach to mention the one that he saw four times at a film <laughs> festival.
2: We loved but it. But we got to
1: mention these, because yeah. we're in the midway of the year. They Here can't count are. towards your top ten. Oh, they're on my list, yeah. But we list. got yeah. <laughs> to give it up. So, I shout, made shout the them hookers. off, because they're about to come out in July. Talk to Me
2: is on its way out. Uh, Talk to Me is one of the most uh, unique, creative, and mean horror movies that we have gotten in years. There are so many possession movies coming out this year Mm -hmm. and they all fucking suck compared to talk to me. And yeah, I'm including evil dead rise in that. I see the cheese grater there. I'm including it. They they say your cheese grater
1: get bigger. Or is it like a? <laughs> it's on the microphone
2: version.
0: stand. I'm <laughs> replacing it with gradually bigger cheese graters each week. Yeah,
2: it's no, it's because it's on the micro. Yeah, it's on the microphone <laughs> bro, stand. I'm yeah. Like, how is it as big as I, Homer's? I had head. the same thought earlier, but I was like, oh no, it's stuck to the microphone
1: stand. Oh, um, but yeah, it. talk to Virgo, me.
0: I'm a Virgo effect.
1: <laughs> I am Virgo. Like, you grating cheese midstream, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Damn. Oh. Okay. Okay. Wow. We're good.
2: But yeah, yeah podcast, I at it. love. Talk to me Um, I think It's so uh, good It does It's really Kind of It does this thing Where it it like Really captures this Like modern idea Of like uh, Kind of like Gen Z And party culture And social media culture And the things people do To film To put online And they get it They get it right They actually (sighs) understand it All wrapped into this You know um concept of like possession parties basically Mm -hmm. where they're turning this thing that in every other movie is all like oh my god they don't know if they go in there the the possession might happen oh god this is like they know exactly what's gonna fucking happen and that's why they're doing it you know they're doing it for fun they're all dying for the experience to try this thing so you end Mm -hmm. up getting it almost feels like a parallel to like drug addiction after a while of like people trying different party drugs and you see the changes in their faces the more they do things uh, and then you get some worst-case scenarios going on, and it's really the ending, you know? I think a lot of movies oh, yeah. have good ideas, especially sci-fi, especially horror. They can have really good ideas, and they don't know how to fucking end them. And this... Oh, the ending. The it's ending so just- is cause. what sells this fucking movie. This is the first movie in a long time. Um, I had watched it alone while you guys were at a movie that I had already seen,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: because you guys watched it when I was at Eileen. And I just remember I had to go upstairs and do something. With and knife. I was like... No, I just went upstairs and I was trying to fix something because I'd been trying to yeah. put curtains up to record a video. And then I was like, I'm going to go record in the kitchen downstairs. I am <sighs> i can't be upstairs alone in this house like at all. Yeah. Like I can't I need to be on the ground level where I can see windows, where I can dive out of something. Um, I would have dived up the news, you know, there's snow, but like it. it I know logically nothing's going to happen, but I haven't had that feeling walking out of a horror movie or watching a horror movie, especially at home, but literally since It Follows. It Follows is the last time mm-hmm. I had a horror oh. movie that I was like, you know, yeah. this is so good.
0: A lot of modern horror movies will do this thing as they try to, like, escalate the plot where towards the beginning they'll show you something like that's a little bit fucked up and then they'll, like, calm down. They fake you out, kind and, of, yeah. Yeah, and then I love that the Philippos here are like what if after we show you something a little fucked up, we immediately show you something even more fucked yes, up than
2: that? Yes! They amp and it! a little more fucked up. Yeah, they literally take, this is what is going to happen because you're doing it and you're going to keep doing yeah. it, so we're going to give you exactly what you know the moment you're like, oh god, oh god, oh god! Like, it escalates it's so visceral. Well. This is mm-hmm. by YouTubers, but it's like YouTubers who actually worked at a particular type of craft and are using that craft in the most creative way to tell a good story.
0: Because the, they have I mean, it in them to finally, tell a good story.
2: And that's why they yeah. got the funding and didn't have to look for the funding. No offense to any, like, honestly, crowdfunding is great. I know a lot of people who have made really great crowdfunded projects. I'll they didn't need you. to. They had an idea that was good enough. They had some kind of backing that was good enough to get them in the door. And they deserve it. They actually deserve it. Uh, apparently, they're doing a Street Fighter movie. So I'm super excited. It's the polar <laughs> opposite. But I'm so excited to see them take on
0: mm-hmm. a Street Fighter yep.
2: movie. Um, yeah, it's a really, really impressive, uh, impressive movie it's
1: and then honorable our mentions and it's still too low yeah exactly it would be my number two movie right now if it was a, this list yeah. it'd be crazy i would put it as my number two movie if i could yeah
0: <laughs> i think yeah. i think <laughs> all of us have it like solidly top three maybe maybe top five right now yeah, if there, we could you know?
1: alamo house screenings go to them a24 may pay for your meal this is one of the best Ooh-hoo. ones definitely definitely check it out she mentioned it follows it's my favorite horror movie since hereditary that's the best stamp i could give it
0: yeah, so uh, and then I'll give a shout out to Theater Camp, which I think is the other A24 one that I yeah. was hoping. Yeah. Uh, I, no, al- I uh, also have it too. Neon? It's Focus, the- right? Because it's ending up on Hulu. Oh. Oh, yeah, it'll be on damn. Hulu July okay. 14th. So that's
1: pretty. But yeah, soon. that's the one. Zach, guess what they dropped?
2: I thought it was limited theaters July 14th. It, it'll, it'll
1: be limited,
0: but it so was like it, drop Is on it Hulu Tandem?
2: Really I thought it was theater first, then or is maybe it
0: Tandem? It is, maybe it is day and date. Um, Because I Either know way. that we're having, like, a Regal secret screening of it recently.
1: Mm. Oh. Yeah. Okay, guys. They dropped the she's on the stick clip. They dropped <laughs> it.
2: Oh, they dropped it. I thought you meant they kicked it out of the movie. I'm like, I just saw no, that no, no, in the no, trailer. No, no. Yeah, yeah, no, they got the...
1: No, it's out. I downloaded that immediately.
0: It's
2: so good. <laughs> the fucking roll it's, onto the stage.
0: <laughs> uh, just a wonderfully money, funny film for people who, like, have some kind of love for... Theater and theater people and the sort of pretension that is endemic to any kind of creative pursuit, but they they have this very kind of like Christopher Guest-ish improv improv style that lets these very funny people just be extremely silly. Uh, it's The most that I've laughed at anything uh, Molly Gordon or Ben Platt uh, or Noah Galvin have done. There's also Patty Harrison, Iowa Debris, Jimmy Tatro show up and are hysterical in this movie. There's just so many bits and lines that we kept quoting to each other throughout Sundance. I I found it so so funny.
2: It's so good. Uh, It's also on my list of things that I needed to mention because I know it's going to end up on an end of year list unless something really comes out to surprise me. But like, it's so charming. It's so easy to watch. It's so just continuously funny. Uh, Yeah. That's very, very strong. It led to me Mm -hmm. when I kind of adjacently ran into Molly Gordon at South by Southwest after having seen it at, Sundance. I was like, oh my god, your movie was like one of my favorites at Sundance. And I was like, oh, that was weird of me. But yeah, like <laughs> that energy was too high. Like, but yeah, no, it's it's that good. I was like, I need you to know, you made art.
1: And Molly was like, and I loved you in Bottoms. You were fantastic.
2: <laughs> it was like right after I ran well, into hey, Emma Seligman
0: too. So I'm should I'm we talk about Bottoms as that well? That was on as my list too. About- hey, bottoms is on my list. That haven't been released yet. Just ask the yeah. producers. Like, you're good. You're cleared. Go. On. Okay. Cool. Cool. Because Bottoms would totally bottoms. be a top five movie for me that's the most I've laughed at a movie this year I just full of jokes and humor and just the the pace of it is so funny to me I I I love the tone and it yes. really does feel, even more than like No Hard Feelings, which you just got, uh, a callback to the like late 90s, early 2000s comedies that I grew up on. And yeah. you know, so many, speaking of so many funny people, including Io Debrey, so many funny people, including Io Debrey. Yeah. Bro, how many know, movies she, is this woman going to be in?
2: I saw like an interview Take thing being over. like, someone's like, you work a lot. She's like, well, no one else is going to pay my rent. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah,
1: she's raw.
2: I was like, Um, oh, but Bottoms is so good. It's got the Not Another Team movie vibe, kind of mm -hmm. like absurd humor going for Mm -hmm. it. But um, I just think it's really refreshing because most of those movies from the 90s are really all about like horny dudes. You know, there's girls in the movies. Things happen. They're fine. There are the horny girls. There's the the character. But this is literally about like girls being the kind of shitty, I'm going to objectify the woman Mm -hmm. because I am a teenager coming into myself and... That's what teenagers are like and it's like you kind of have to learn to not be as shitty as you are which is nice and it's okay to let people be shitty if you know for one absurd humor and two if they know that if you <laughs> if everyone's aware that the behavior is shitty then you're right. good to go you can talk about it not everybody has to be perfect little fucking angels mm-hmm. i think it's so good i think rachel senate and uh emma seligman are just kind of like an all-star duo when it comes to just like making content. Uh, Rachel is just consistently hilarious. She comes out clean in the idol. I don't care what anybody says. She is doing. <laughs> she was doing what she does, in a scenario that maybe she shouldn't Talking be doing Talking about Art's it
0: favorite it, show right
2: now. Yeah, you know,
1: woo. <laughs> but uh, coming up next.
2: Coming up next. But uh, and yeah, Marshawn no. Lynch. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Man. And Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I think it's uh, and the Gerber, Gerber lady. But yeah.
0: Yeah, um, Kaya Gerber. Yeah. I Do we have really any good. more? honorable mentions art did you get through all yours yeah, should yeah. we get to so
1: amanda's the stuff that is out <laughs> all right. is okay. run through uh there's some really good docs all these sons by uh Liu Bing, and also director Joshua. was oh, that out this it's year chicago it's out on vod right now and on hoopla if you've got a library card hoopla. for free that is a really good documentary all um, these sons. about chicago and and just a lot of the ripples of violence that have happened the umani yeah. corporis fabrica is the most disgusting Disgusting doc that we got to catch at New York. It has this really stilted release at the moment. It goes inside the human body, and Trigger every warning. time that they showcase you different things inside eyeballs, nutsacks, intestines, it is atrocious, and it is the most fascinating thing I've seen.
0: It's definitely the best movie I watched where I saw a catheter insert into a flaccid penis. So, yeah, sure. It's got that for it. <laughs>
1: Um, in terms of a bunch of other movies Return to Soul was that mid one where I went back and I'm like okay I did include it in 2022 now it's got that full Great release oh, so I have yeah. to give out a shout out to Return to Soul uh, Bestias is this really crazy thriller of a family Ooh. who has moved into this like farmlands and the people there are like nah we were supposed to sell all this real estate but you refused to move uh, I know it's getting a limited release now Godland about a priest mm. going through like the best visual mm-hmm. since the Northmen through this land, kind of really imposing his viewpoint. I, I think he's a Danish person kind of taking away from... I don't, want, I don't want to get the countries mixed up there, but it's it's a really good story, really good metaphor, but the visuals are insane. It's on Criterion at the moment. Shout out Broker like Amanda mentioned. Uh, really, Joyland, Monica, Joyland, yeah. Tranke Lanke, the blind man who did not want to see Titanic, I think should be trending right now. Um, <laughs> that's a really good movie. And uh, and then the the last one that uh, I'll give the mention here is a good person. You know, I went on the mm. letterbox to see how people felt about this movie. And have you all read the top letterbox review? For what? No. A good person. A good person. No, I'm Directed by Zach Braff. They were still together. Florence Pugh plays this woman who an incident happens. She dives into drugs, and in rehabilitating herself, she kind of has to reconnect with her pseudo in laws to a degree, played by Morgan Freeman. The review that is highlighted the most is about uh, this guy who got Zach Braff's number, left a voicemail, or oh, he yeah. had Zach Braff's number, and after like a couple of months decided to call him, and Zach Braff's like, I got you, you little sneaky, <laughs> you've been leaving me prank phone calls this whole time, I'm gonna find you, I'm gonna find you, I'm gonna destroy you. Other than that, though, I think the movie's pretty solid. I like Florence Pugh's performance. I think it gets into this, like, iffy ground of what it is to really get caught in the cycle of uh, not just drug abuse, but depression. Ooh. And uh, I would recommend it. I think it's the best Morgan Freeman's been in whew, a minute. Um, so that would be my last little recommendation right there.
2: I've been trying to make time Amanda... for that one, and I keep forgetting it.
0: But It's pretty good. It's
1: depressing, yeah. but it's, it's good. <laughs> nice.
0: Cool. Amanda, I, I, what honorable mentions you got?
2: Yeah, I think the only one that hasn't been mentioned in some other degree, and maybe it's because it's like really high on your list, Zach. Uh, How to blow up a pipeline?
0: Yeah, that's
1: coming up.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Do you need to do another tie? Art?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no.
2: No, Zach no. just really fucking likes that movie.
0: <laughs> I do really like that movie. I knew
2: it, so I was like, oh, we'll wait.
0: All right, so we'll get back into our list with my number three because I'm pretty sure it's also Arturo's number two. Uh, Let's talk a bit about BlackBerry. That's what I was worried about. I tried doing the math. I'm like,
1: wait, you're missing one. (laughs) We're running out of room now.
0: Let's talk about BlackBerry. So BlackBerry from director Matt Johnson tracking the rise and fall of the iconic phone company, I just think it's so propulsive. You know, once you get about 10 minutes into that film and you get on the ride of like how they develop this phone, how they pitch this phone, it becomes kind of this like minute by minute corporate thriller of how are they going to climb the ladder and then how are they going to stay on top? But like, Beyond that layer of just being compelled by the drama, it's also just ridiculously funny. Matt Johnson is hysterical, yeah. but these performances from Glenn Howerton, from Jay Baruchel, I just think they're some of the best work they've so done in their good. entire career. You know, we keep quoting the like, I'm from Waterloo, Waterloo where the where vampires, the vampires live. come out at night. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny and so dramatic and so intense. I just think it works on so many levels. And even in this, like, big wave we've got of these movies that are based on products, whether it's you know air, which we mentioned earlier, or stuff like Flamin' Hot and Tetris. This to me is like easily the tops of them. And maybe some of that is that this is the only one of those products that's like no longer around for people to like say you can't do that. But yeah. th- the it, it ends up just using the Blackberry phone not as a way to talk about like how cool blackberries are, but like as this uh, as this way of representing how you can sort of sell off pieces of your soul in order to achieve success, and what ultimately is the price of compromising your morals. And I, I love that they are able to weave such an interesting story into something that we all have this kind of familiarity with just through having lived through.
1: Yep. Zach, the Golden Globes, they have fixed themselves. <laughs> is this going in the drama category or the comedy category?
0: I am willing to put it in the comedy category. I yeah. laughed enough at it that I think, it, you know, there are enough jokes in it because there's not a lot of jokes in non-comedies, right? Um, and maybe it's just because I want great nominees that, like, I think it should qualify, but you, you think you'd go more drama? I don't know. That's what I'm, I'm, like, split right down the middle. I think it's 50-50.
1: Amanda, the Golden Globes have fixed themselves. They're no longer racist. Is this going, Blackberry, <laughs> in the comedy or in the drama?
2: Man, I think it leans more comedy Okay. in some weird ways. Um, I think it's
1: musical, but yeah.
2: Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but uh, it's hard to say. It, when I think about it, I think more funny than I think dramatic. There are a lot of dramatic True. moments. It has that dramatic, that ending, but that's almost funny to the audiences when he opens it and right. realizes, like, yeah. fuck, you know, that's funny to us because it's like everything he didn't want. But So it does have both sides of it. But I feel like it falls more on the comedy side compared to something like A Succession, which also has a lot of comedy infused into it. Um, so I, I would, you would probably... Not, you guys wouldn't consider
1: it. Succession more comedy than drama?
2: I do consider it very comedic and a lot of comedy, but I think yeah. that there's enough... I put
0: that on the drama.
2: Yeah, there's just so much high-stakes stuff going on on the underside that it makes so it is Blackberry. a drama. Yeah, but then I, I still think, when I think of them in my head, I think, I think it's because it's goofier. Blackberry is goofier.
0: I mean, it's it's just kind of like a stupid binary too, because it's both. Yeah. It really is both. both. They're both. They're so but good at both. Yeah,
1: I feel it like is. they're both like that. That's what so, I mean. So and so and, and work, honestly, you would yeah. say is more comedy than drama or drama. drama. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: More. Yeah. For easy more drama, and I think uh, that's kind of the difference. Thoughts, Same, yeah.
1: Yeah. My final thoughts for it would be off of what Zach was saying and it being uh, parts of telling your soul. One of the things that I really enjoyed uh, seeing it again. That's how much I love the movie. At the Chicago Critics Fest, was having this. Ridiculously long Q&A with the band (laughs) who had people waiting outside uh, where he had mentioned that it's him. It's him as Mm -hmm. three versions of himself. The Mm -hmm. guy who just wants to have movie night, the one Mm -hmm. who is the creative person, and then the part of himself that needs to be the Glenn Howerton character, the balsa dude who needs (laughs) to be the producer who kind of like, you know, has to get the reins in order to be able to make these movies. And this idea of how he read the story and he's like, oh, this is just like making a movie. So to him, the story of Blackberry is him making a film. And to me, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly why I freaking connect with this movie. Yeah, it's really that. just breaking down the creative process of trying to make it while still keeping part of yourself. And uh, I, it's not number one. Only because of another banger that I believe is going to top all
0: of our lists. Fair, fair. And we'll get to that one in just a bit. But we first Elemental. need to hear Amanda's number two.
2: Asteroid City. I think, you know, these kind of cycle, like I said, this, this, you know, the top spots. But I was just really moved by Asteroid City after not really getting much at all out of French Dispatch and maybe feeling even a little bit more like lukewarm on some of like the stuff that people might consider some of his best movies. Um, This one like really stood out to me in a lot of ways to the point that I do think it's like one of his best. And I think it kind of Mm -hmm. exists in this really interesting place that it's both you can take a lot of what it's doing as kind of like just how general people try to get through life, but then also as this man who's a director who's known for a very specific style, a style that is being kind of hunted down by AI, both proving that mm-hmm. before he even needed, he know, knew he needed to prove it, that he can do it better, that he can do it better than AI any day of the goddamn week. And mm-hmm. just this self-reflection of Examining why he makes movies the way he makes movies, and the you know what each piece of it has to be, and what like what does it mean in a world? Has he kind of boxed himself into an area? Is he does he still have something to say? I don't know. Some people don't like it when directors kind of get into that like introspection phase and start making movies about making movies in a certain way. But I feel mm-hmm. like this keeps the lines separate in enough different areas that people can take a lot of different things out of it. But to, to me, I think um, so much of it works so well. But then it's that moment when when Schwartzman is just kind of like, I don't understand why like I'm doing this or whatever he says, um, something like that. It's like, I don't understand why, why yeah. I'm doing this or why I need to do this. And then the getting out of that situation and then the the, the conversation um, from the balconies, uh, from the alleyway thing. I'm like, There's just so many little things of this movie yeah. that, that work so well. And I know some people won't necessarily like the way it's told or the layers that it's told in. And maybe they could have cut one of those away. But I do really like how it is this like layer deep of like a story telling a story about a Mm -hmm. story. I really like that because then you can get actors playing actors playing an actor. Um, Mm -hmm. And that sounds pretentious as fuck. But to me, it works. And it worked in a way that like this was like a glass of water on a warm the, 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 I the middle of the fucking desert, at my mm-hmm. from con, my con experience up to that point, I was like, for the love of fucking God, give me something." <laughs> and finally, it was the desert movie it was that a desert gave me the movie. glass of fucking water, you know like, it's the oasis.: Yeah, it was the oasis in kind of not the best run of shit, you know, but yeah yeah, yeah it really no, I- hit me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just think there's so many lines there where, like you Mm. mentioned, it's a director sort of like self-analyzing and looking back at himself. And I love the line that uh, Midge Campbell, Scarlett Johansson's character says that uh, she says that they're catastrophically wounded people who don't express the depths of their pain because they don't want to. I feel like that's just a way to describe every character that Wes Anderson's ever wrote and maybe himself, too. And probably Uh, just a lot of
2: people, just a lot of people in general. Um, Even the whole thing, I always get the shot, you know, just like little Mm -hmm. little things like that, that when you really stop Mm -hmm. and then think about it, you're like, oh, fuck. Um, And the movie does so much time. Yeah. Right. That's really what it was. And then just like, you know, little things like you know it's telling you this is what the situation is or what the issue is but that is just covering up with the deeper layer part is kind of underneath it so yeah yeah, i uh i really liked it i think it was a a real return to form after uh french dispatch which to me just felt entirely too fucking disjointed and i prefer french dispatch so i want to talk (laughs) about
1: this one with y'all
2: that's fair yeah
0: All right, Asteroid City, a great pick at number two for Amanda. Uh, I would talk about my number two, but I kind of want to save that one. For, for the end, because my number one is actually how to blow up a pipeline. Uh, I Whoa! I feel like- Oh, over. shit! Yeah, yeah, you know, Little I just- Little eco-terrorist <sighs> we have here. Oh my <laughs> goodness, I, you know, Zach,
2: I expect you to be blowing something up soon, my goodness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Learn Look, the lesson. There's no other movie Damn, that, in that past made, life, inspired me in that way, right? <laughs> um the one. Look, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, there, there are maybe things that you can uh, have qualms about with it, and maybe maybe my number two is actually the best movie of the year. Maybe we can re- revisit that uh, when we do our year-end podcast. Real
2: quick, you think that yeah. How to Blow Up a Pipeline is better than every A24 movie, then?
1: I'm trying to do the math, though No. <laughs> maybe? Okay, that's I, I
0: don't fair. know. I okay, can't no, answer that right now. Honestly, that's I cool. That right Sometimes now. you just
2: got to go vibes. You well, know, not just vibes. That, that's okay. like,
0: if we're talking vibes, my like life this is, vibes. is just this is just like a really interesting <laughs> vibes movie, and it's a vibe that I I totally resonated with in some oh, way. There's yeah. no movie oh, that like made my skin feel on fire right. and made he my was feet really feel jazzed. like they're electric. I just bouncing out of the theater of this one because it's yeah. it's so bold and it's so provocative and it's so daring yes, in a going. way that I don't think movies on this scale really try to be. That's There's fair. so many movies that that play coy with their ideas or try to, you know, uh, curtail what they're trying to say or, or mold it in a way that it's like, oh no, everybody needs to get this, and not everybody needs to get this movie. That's fair. Not everybody needs to feel like enlivened and seen by what's being discussed and what's being uh, presented in this film. But I think it's just important for for yeah. a certain. Uh, for a certain type of person, I I think this movie is like a a beacon in the darkness. So I really, really loved it. It's not only wildly entertaining, but thoughtful and and provokes, I think really interesting discussions. You know, it's not a perfect movie, but it's the movie that I've enjoyed thinking about and talking to people about and recommending to people and hearing what they have to say the most. So I I think I got to respect that and put it at number one on my list, how to blow up a pipeline. Wow.
2: I respect that. Hell yeah. Yeah.
0: Damn. We're definitely on a list now.
2: That's how I feel about Sanctuary. (laughs) If we weren't
0: before, but we definitely were before. I'm bringing up that movie way too much. Um, But look, I I, I still, as much as I loved How to Blow Up a Pipeline, I still kind of feel like we got to give the anchor slot. (laughs) Collectively. To my number two, Art's number one, Amanda's number one, the best movie we saw at Sundance this year, one of the best movies anybody will see this year.
2: I like how you just assumed it was my number one. (laughs) It I, is, I but
0: assume, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it is. Look, I, I, It's so good. Past Lives, directed by Celine Song. Um, Art, you want to kick us off? What What is so perfect about this amazing, amazing film?
1: Uh, it's the best multiverse movie without being a multiverse movie. Yeah. Ooh,
2: mm-hmm. I like yeah. that.
0: And being able to do that in what is such a restrained and intimate way. Like, there's ult- there's basically only three characters that matter in this whole thing, but boy, mm-hmm. do they matter to each other. Yeah. It's
1: a bottle film in New York. <laughs> <laughs> and Korea. Uh, 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 another one that yeah. also shoots it uh, beautifully as well. Yeah. When you talk about tracking shots in New York City to really get those backdrops, like, that's usually reserved for, like, on the rocks when you're a Coppola descendant. The way she was able to get some just majestic Conversations of them just walking down—it really all is people talking to each other. How mm-hmm. there, there—a big part of the movie is discussions uh, through a computer. Yeah, like, 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 like they, they don't do anything fancy with it. There's no Sherlock BBC editing with it. It is, it is a Skype conversation on a computer yeah. um, that builds on a relationship on this idea of like once you are with somebody, this past relationship that you were in, is there still a, a, a possibility that there was something there? Is there a completely different? Uh, love life that could have been there, but it's even bigger than that because I've heard people kind of discuss it in terms of uh, it being a film where it's uh, uh, what could have been. But it's more than just another life with another person; it's another life that another person that you could have been. Because yeah. it, it's also playing on that idea of like something like the farewell when when she returns back home, she realizes that her uh, you know original mm-hmm. language isn't as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And in the same way here, you know we're not Korean, but you can pick up that she's not as fluent as she used to be that she did leave part of her life behind that when she's now married to another person who is from a different culture that you know there's a compromise there you in order to go 50-50 you are losing 50% of yourself it's beautiful Mm -hmm. it's just beautiful in in a lot of ways and I think that uh, having so many people resonating with it who don't usually go to film festivals who don't usually go for these art house films I think Mm -hmm. is speaking volumes because it's such a patient Mm -hmm. film but it really just knocks you out by the end of it. And I'm I'm very excited that it's now out for everybody.
2: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Because I I really do think it's like, you know, the base premise sounds like something you've probably seen before or thought of before or just a light scenario that's happened but i don't think it's ever been explored quite in this way with just Mm -hmm. so many different concepts you know obviously the big one being like if i'd never left korea what would my life be would we have even continued on this trajectory Mm -hmm. how like would did we actually somehow manage to stay more connected in some weird way because we wanted to figure out where we got to in life um just so many different things like that and uh then you just kind of get the uh the 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 concept of inyun which they actually, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. put in the trailer and they, they make it sound really deep. And it is really like this, this deep concept of like, you know, thousands of, you know, if you feel this connection with somebody, if you come across somebody, it's because years ago in some kind of past life, you've like brushed shoulders with them, just a little yeah. thing like that. And it just it reverberates through time. And it sounds so beautiful. But then even in the movie, it gets played for like a joke at, at one point. <laughs> and it's like really, it's I just think it's so interesting how uh, it's approached and I, I can't think of any... Actors that would have been better in those roles, either especially uh, the Lee performances performance. are so good. There's such good performances, and Lady, it really, yeah. yeah, it hinges on that. And it's the intro I think that I love the most, where it's you can mm. see them across from the bar, and it's other people talking about them, trying to figure out, yeah. you know, doing that thing where you're at a bar and you're trying to figure out what's their deal, what's going on with them. So our first introduction into this very unusual dynamic that we're going to be brought into is through the perspective of other people. And I just thought that alone was so fucking interesting and set this apart from so many other different pieces of media uh, that it just like, yeah, no, big, big fan. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of films that sort of ask about like what if you did something different but i think what's so brilliant and brave and and heartfelt about this one is it sort of acknowledges the way that we all kind of think back on our past and see like different ways that our life could play out it acknowledges like yeah your life could have been different and maybe your life would have been great but it's also okay that it's not your life Mm. And, and i don't know it's just a very very singular type of idea i don't think of I can't think of any other film that's articulated it quite in this way, or quite mm-hmm. as articulately, or quite as beautifully, quite as like filled with this sort of nostalgic type of pain. With just some of the greatest lines of dialogue I, I've heard in a film in quite some some while. Like I want to quote so many of them, but I also I know, right? don't want to spoil this film for the people who haven't had the chance to yet. Um, I, I I'm so I was so moved by this movie when I saw it, and I. I think it speaks volumes that basically everybody who's had a chance to see it is like, yeah, that's that's easily one of the best films of this year, if not the best. It's a, an undeniably beautiful piece of work.
1: In another yeah, life, so... I would
0: have done laundry with you. <laughs> I bet
1: we were fun. All great. <laughs> so good. Oh, uh,
0: man. So, past lives. I think that... Is as, as close as we'll get to a collective number one on, on on any of these lists. You know, we've never been that close in agreement, but this is this is pretty close to that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's about all for our list of the best movies of the year so far. You know, included a lot of honorable mentions and a bunch of movies that aren't even out yet. We'll be back in about six months to see where things. Li- uh, Ended up see if any of these movies move up or down or off our no, list. Same list.
1: It's gonna
0: gonna a be same games. exact list. We're They'll just going to post the video again. They'll be similar. <laughs> they probably will be pretty similar. I mean, it's it's going to be difficult to find a movie that uh, tops Past Lives. It, do you feel like Past Lives is uh, already like a, a top contender for your like best of the decade?
2: Yeah, it's up there. It's definitely up yeah. there. I mean, like I'm sure th- we yeah. know it
1: is. Spoiler alert, because it did pretty well on movies from its uh, production company from the last decade, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah, the three of us have a best A24 movie bracket that we recorded, which talks about past lives, talks about talk to me, talks about uh, a lot of great movies. So look forward to that later in the month. But I think that's about all for (laughs) this video here on Intercut. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Z Shevich. And check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show Amanda. Thanks for joining us. Where can people find more from you?
2: You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and Letterboxd, all at Amanda the Jedi.
0: Arturo, and where can people find more from you? Yeah, and TikTok. Don't yeah. forget TikTok.
1: <laughs> LME movies on all social media platforms, or every week here on the Intercut podcast.
0: You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio, but to the video feed as well on youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can watch our content faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut every Monday. And please leave us a comment, like the video, and consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much requested five-star review. We all want to see Amanda do Motorcycle Jump uh shout out to our listeners in canada for putting us on the film review podcast charts out there Uh, amanda's people uh, like our facebook our instagram our twitter you can support our patreon find all of those pages at intercut pod as well as our discord which has a link uh there's a link to it in the description below this video or this podcast episode All those places are the best ways to get updates throughout the week from Arturo, from me, from Amanda, from all the guests that we feature here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, if this is the end, may as well have a little fun.